The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Dan Beeler from Exciter and you're listening to Radioactive Metal. metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a We're So Excited episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 700, baby. Another milestone. And I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. The blackest, the hottest, the most metal coffee you're ever going to find. When you subscribe, not only do you not run out of coffee, you get not one, but two great bands every month. You get music with your coffee. All is well. It's fantastic. So, Snowman, welcome to episode 007. It's just the O's are after the seven. (laughs) That's right. That's right. We have a license to kill now. I'm kind of excited oh, about this. Yes, it. yes. That's the way I'm going to look at it because let's face it, for 700 episodes in almost 16 years now, we have been killing it on this show. We have. If been I do it. say so myself. So, yeah, kind of before we go any further, I should say congratulations to you, my friend. Episode 700. This is I fantastic. Know. It seems like just the other day was 666. <laughs> yeah 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 which yeah. which we should probably kind of throw it out there like i'm sure our listeners were like man that was two weeks without without an episode well unfortunately you know it's been a rough two weeks ladies and yeah. gentlemen and i apologize greatly life and schedules and other things just go on and sometimes you know stuff like this sort of has to take a back seat but you know what um uh, what what do you call it when things kisma maybe or not, when something just fate kind of makes things all call kind of it happen. fate call it karma <laughs> there we go fate fate we'll just call it you know the most merciful of fate oh the merciful fate that's right <laughs> that's we're right. so that's metal right. we're we're metal without even trying 
because <laughs> because um, us not being able to do okay because with it being episode seven hundred, you want to do something special for those. You do. That's why I'm wearing episodes. my Iron Maiden underwear. There we go. See, <laughs> yeah. well, then that's it. Pack up the tent. We're done. Like <laughs> he's, we're not going to top that. That's I know, it. right? For sure, for sure, for sure. But yeah, so for a landmark episode like this, you want to do something special, and something special for a show like this would have to be like a killer creature feature, someone we've never had before. And an artist that, you know, has some sort of impact on this program. That would be Mr. Dan Beeler and the Mighty Exciter. They were recently here just last weekend as we speak, headlining night one of the Manitoba Metal Fest, which I'm not going to get into a lot of detail about this week. We'll we'll kind of put that on the back burner for next weekend because I want to focus on the mighty exciter because they these are one of those bands okay like when i first went metal full time in 1984 just kind of ballpark around there yeah there was certain hard rock bands that i enjoyed before then def leppard quiet riot van halen the runaways acdc kiss you know those were all really cool bands but didn't really go metal until 1984. Exciter was one of those initial bands. You know, when you first discover something new and you're like a you're like an infant with all the shiny new objects. You know, I I, I discovered Venom, I discovered Metallica, I, I discovered Slayer and Exciter. I feel like such a so. late bloomer. <clears throat> Well, well, hey, you've you've done more catch up, you know, than pretty much that anyone could possibly ask for. So don't feel too bad. So it's just like it, it, it worked out. We weren't able to record for those couple weeks, which gave us the opportunity to feature Mr. Beeler on this special episode. So, hey. Hey, you can't argue with that. Yep, makes it all better. Yeah, yeah. Before we get on with this, what's going to be an amazing episode, we're going to have, you know, our regular features. Of course, we've got this this bucket list um, creature feature, and there's a variety of stuff that was just going on in the metal world the last couple weeks that we kind of want to give our two cents to. Shall we say some of it by the time this goes to air, some of it might seem kind of dated, but like I said, we're just kind of playing catch up and it's a celebration, you know, like we're here to celebrate 700 episodes. I've, I've got the Jack flowing in the Motorhead mug. It's Friday night as we speak. So it's just going to be two dudes just sitting back shooting the shit and letting the world in on our conversation, which is kind of the way it should be. Okay. Speaking of two dudes, these reminded me of something that I popped in a a work chat the other day. You are arguably one of the most metal people I know. 
However, I'm trying. I'm trying. You're also a very well-rounded with pop culture. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I get by you, but I'm also really strange. Um, but if I said two turntables and a microphone, would you understand that reference? Um, okay, that sounds like not a real DJ, but kind of like a scratching DJ for a rave or well, that's it's, what that's what. That sounds like. It was from the song Where It's At by Beck in the 90s. Now, in the 90s, this is when it probably around the same time the song is possibly when um, you were becoming a new parent. And when you Mm -hmm. become a new parent, you do lose touch with the world for a couple of years. (laughs) You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, that was from the Mellow Gold album. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, and, and again, just like that, you know. So, we're like... I, I can't remember exactly what happened to work, but somebody said, hey, can I, um, I got to get a microphone. I'm like, well, when I get a microphone, I have to have two turntables with it. And crickets, <laughs> nothing. I'm like, how lame are you people? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of had the same, the same situation once where I was at work and, some normie just kind of knocks on my door, okay, on on my office door, and I yell out, Dave's not here, man. <laughs> okay. now, now, there is a Dave, <laughs> there is a Dave that works in the building. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's even better that you so, actually have a Dave. So I hear the putts on the other end go, well, I'm not looking for Dave. Thank oh. <laughs> God. God, you suck. You suck so hard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. You should just let him knock again and be like, hello, who's there? <laughs> hey, uh, hey, it's me. No, he's not here. No. <laughs> <laughs> should have just done the whole skit, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I should have. I should have. So, yeah, I, I can I can totally relate to that. Just... Uh, it, it it's fun playing with normies. <laughs> but I mean, really... that's something that people should get. Oh yeah, you especially okay, okay. Maybe someone who's like under thirty, maybe not so much. But this is a this was a guy older than older than us by about five years. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Speaking of pop culture, before we kind of get on with the grunt here. As my dad used to say, um, today, as we speak, May 20th. Yeah. Okay. Happy birthday in horns up for the 42nd anniversary of One Empire Strikes Back. Damn, my old dude. I was just going to say, are you feeling young? Are you feeling vibrant? Because I'm just about to squash all of that. I know. I, I, I feel the need to go play with my um, action figures, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, for sure, oh, for sure. So dude. basically, we just had the movie on repeat all day. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought maybe I'd throw it out there to you because I know you're obviously a big Star Wars fanatic, and so oh, yeah. am I. So We were there. Speaking of Star Wars fanatic, Obi-Wan. Counting down the days. Yep, soon. But I I haven't even seen the trailer yet, but um, I am so excited for Mm She-Hulk. So are we, yes. Well, have you read like the newer She-Hulk comics? 
Uh, no, not, but I know the story, obviously, because that goes back to when I was collecting as a kid. I honestly didn't read it until, um, recently. When I say recently, I'm talking like 2014, I think is when I came on board with She-Hulk. Okay. Um, and like, I, I love it. Like, love the story. And it seems like Based on what I can remember from what I read, it seems like this new series is going to follow a lot of that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It is. It is. We're really excited. Oh, we're, me too. We're, we're really excited for it. Never did I think, okay, that, and if we did get one, it was going to look the physical shits. But when I was a kid, okay, there are just so many of these superhero movies and all that, that there was no way that there would ever be the like the way the movies are now yeah you know like when when i when you think of superhero movies from when we were kids there was the christopher reeve batman and even before that it was the adam 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 west batman yes <laughs> all, all that yeah and yeah so it just oh yeah, yeah, to see everything that's going on now and to still retain that interest yeah. after after all these years. Like this this is the the golden age, man. And we're that's yeah. we're also really stoked about um collecting comic books again now as a family. Well, man, it's funny you yeah. say that cuz um well free comic book day happened, right? It did. It did. Well, while, while we were on our hiatus, Mm-hmm. And um, we were we we met up with some friends that we haven't seen in two years because of the pandemic, and um, you know the dad's telling me he's like, yeah, it's like your son's telling my son about all these comics. I'm like, where's their comic book stories? And of course, my son rattles it off because we're there a lot. He's like, mm-hmm. I had no idea, and I told him like, oh no, you you'll like this. Like this is a nice store, like it's really really great. I'm like, they do a comic con every year. He goes, what? And we're like, oh yeah, <laughs> there we go. Do they still make comics? Just like we hear all the time. Oh, I know. Dude, they they still make records. Well, that's what they, I I said to him. Like, yeah, I'm like Iron Maiden just put out a new record. He looks at me. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I, <laughs> like you you obviously like like got to a certain age and just turned everything off, put it in a yeah. box, and forgot yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I I know those people quite well. And yeah. then they wanna, then they wanna talk to me about it and try to give me the four one one on pop culture and all that. And it's like, okay, you know what? No, you've you've been out of the game for thirty years. Do you remember the Toys R Us commercials? Yep. Yeah. I don't want to grow up. I'm a uh, Toys R Us kid. Uh-huh. That's essentially us, dude. It is. We, it is. I, we we I've somehow always... managed to skip growing up, but still figure out how to become adults. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I don't. I, that kind kind of my own little saying is I'm 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 too old to grow up now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. Like, oh, I'm you not, need that I, on a t-shirt. Yes. Uh huh. Oh, you need that on a t-shirt to wear to shows, dude. Yeah, my own snowy white t-shirt, and then oh, on the back, I'm, I'm too old to grow up now. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, and like, and quote yourself, snowy white. You yeah, know, people for like, sure. Oh, or even yeah. use your real name. <laughs> and people were really like, wow, who said that? 
<laughs> who says who's who's that guy? Oh, so, I mean, Snowy, I see he's, he's wearing this new shirt, but who who who's that guy on his shirt? Because there are so many people like in the Winnipeg metal scene here yeah. that you know they've now seen my slave name on fa- on Facebook and all that. But are they really retaining it? Dude, you know, it, like we seriously need to use your real last name as a band name like like the ramones yeah we we totally need to do that i think i definitely think that would work oh hell that'd be funny speaking of bands how about we drop a track here for this episode's a mandatory metal segment courtesy of the fine folks at a true cavalt coffee new prosthetic record signees sadistic ritual their new album the enigma boundless is available now and this record came across my desk really really cool stuff good take on modern death and let's go with i guess what they're calling the first single whatever makes a single these days this is the end of all roads
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, dude, what's going on? Hell if I know. <laughs> I'm actually trying to pull up notes okay. as we speak. Um, I'm, I'm going to work backwards. So this past Saturday, um, well, heck, did I talk about the stuff I got from Rock? Did I tell you about that metal fix? Uh, yeah. What was it again? Oh, okay. I did. So it's, it was yeah, live after you. death on DVD. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Did I talk about the metal blade records? Guar list. I think so. Dude. Ah, oh, fuck. Like I'm terrible at writing stuff down. Okay. Well, hang on. So you're last looking Saturday, at old notes. Hang on. Let me, let me grab some stuff. Here. So <laughs> I found last Saturday, there's a record store here in my local town. So you know how you have your old gold? You know? Well, it turns out we've got a guy, and it's a thing here. I've never really seen anything before this. But it's a big thing where people rent like a big warehouse-type space or they find a big old house and they turn it into a store. But then that store is actually a bunch of other little shops that are like consignment shops that other people can run. So somebody owns the building, runs the store, all that sort of stuff, but you can have your stuff there and then they sell it and you get money and all that sort of stuff. It's it's a right. weird thing. But um, so in they're typically like antique shops. So there's one on the corner that's, you know, it's always been a nice little shop. Like I'll get fun gifts for my wife there, that kind of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, when Record Store Day was coming around, the um the the local like email newsletter is like oh yeah let's talk about the place to buy records around town and of course monster music came up but honestly they came up way too low on the list for me i'm a little ticked about that they're bringing up other record stores i'm like who are these but there's one called black circle records i'm like and it's literally like a couple miles from my house i'm like how don't i know about this so i got in there last saturday i picked up a 45 I'm going to describe the 45 to you. Okay. I'm going to describe because it's in the jacket. Do you remember when 45s had a nice jacket? Yep. Like more than just like the paper with the hole cut out. I mean, this, mm -hmm. there's like a picture on this, right? Oh, yeah. I always, when, when buying secondhand, like all, all of the hardcore and metal and grind, grindcore seven inches, they all come with a really cool cover and jacket. And when I'm going to buy like an older mainstream rock or pop, seven inch i'm gonna grab the copy with the cool jacket first yes okay well so that's exactly what caught my eye now this is the last thing i saw on my way out like almost missed it i just happened to look over and i saw a telecaster all right okay and you can't see the guy but it's a guy holding a telecaster he's in a black leather vest a red long sleeve button-up shirt the Fender Telecaster is um, wrapped in black leather. And if you're familiar with Lemmy's bass that's kind of carved like leather work, um, this is actually that same sort of leather work. Okay. And the gentleman has a guitar strap on, and the guitar strap just happens to say Whalen. Name that 45. Hmm. 
a 45 with a, a leather bound bass Waylon. Oh, not a bass. Okay, it, it's but, a it's a Telecaster, but it's right. it's styled like Lemmy's um, Rickenbacker bass, like like the the wood carvings on it. It's that sort of style. Um, and I can give you another hint. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and and this will probably give it away. But um, the this is the theme song for a TV show where the name of the actress, uh, well, the character is uh, what we call shorts now. We call shorts. Yes, the name of the actress is what we will refer to a pair of shorts as. No, I'm drawing a total blank. Oh my but goodness! I, but you I know. I wonder if you didn't watch this show. Okay. Were you weren't just a good old boy? Never mean to no oh, harm. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Come on, Daisy Dukes. You're talking Daisy Dukes. There yeah, we go. Yes. I was worried. Uh, okay. No, I've I've got I had like eighties parachute pants going through my head and I had like like uh okay, Waylon Waylon Jennings because he did yep. the song to the, the Duke's Duke Hazard. Yep. And uh, like uh, and I remember this telecaster because it was in the opening. And it's okay. the same shot. Like I I honestly don't know what Waylon Jennings looks like from the neck up. I only know him from the shoulders down. <laughs> okay. You Ooh. know, and so I saw this, I'm like, oh, and I always wanted this 45 as a kid. And I couldn't believe that I just found a copy. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, all right. <clears throat> yeah. I think I would have bought it too. Oh, I had I, to. I, I would have listened. I'd probably only listened to it once while the wife and I, we had a cup of coffee over it or whatever. And then I don't know if I would ever play it again, but it's just. I've bought unique singles, and which I'm going to talk about in my metal fix here. I've bought unique things just just to have as as a collector, as a, as a vinyl lover. Yeah, and, and that's and one of them because it was such a big um, a big part of my childhood. I have not posted this one on social media, just because you know the Dukes of Hazard, the flag on top of the car, oh. I. I really don't feel like defending my childhood and the fact that I like this fucking song and there's not a racist thing in the song. I get the flag. I get everything else you want to talk about. But for the love of God, let me enjoy my childhood. Yeah. No, I get that. You know, I am not trying to say that there is not racism. I am not trying to say that the flag doesn't stand for anything like that. You're not going to hear me give you the... It's history, blah, 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 whatever. Um, all I'm saying is I like this fucking song. And this is also probably another reason I ended up with a Telecaster recently. Because I'm looking at this, I'm like, yeah, I really did like Telecasters, didn't I? There is well, a little bit go. of a country boy in here somewhere. But um, so I picked that up, right? And then um, the first thing I picked up is I'm flipping through and I just see this big picture of Ozzy. Um, I have never owned the Blizzard of Oz on vinyl. I had had it on cassette. Okay. The cassette went everywhere with me. I played Crazy Train um, so often. Like, I can probably still sing you every part um, from memory. Mm-hmm. But I just happened to pick up this Aussie record, and it's not just any Aussie record. It is a picture disc 
of the Blizzard of Oz. Oh, sweet. So the, the Blizzard of Oz cover is on the vinyl. And I'm like, well, this is awesome. Uh, so now I have that on vinyl. And I'm absolutely thrilled. Mm, that's but something he, I need. But know. here's the big score. Dun, 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 dun. I called my wife. I'm like, hey, honey, can you check my records? She's like, sure. I said, can you tell me if I have this particular <laughs> record? And she's going through there. I'm like, start here. This is where it should be because I have things fairly organized. She's like, no, I'm not finding it. And Snowy, I swear to you, I owned this on vinyl at one point. I'm like, why is this not here? Like, I swear to you, I own this on vinyl, you know? And um, I, I couldn't believe that I didn't own it, so it came home with me. But Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry. Ah, right on. I just ha happened to flip. I saw D. Snyder on the cover with a bone. I'm like, OMG. I open it up. I am pretty sure this is like like a an early pressing. Like I don't know if it's a first pressing, but just some of right. the markings on here. I'm like, no, I think this is because uh, I'm I'm not. I am certainly not the guy that's going to identify vinyl for you. But um, this this album it didn't feel like a reprint because it's got all the pictures I remember, and it's got all the lyrics on the sleeve. Um. Are you like like are you good with vinyl? I'm not I'm I'm a collector. I consider myself a connoisseur of the music, but I can't like you know how you can go into your gear talk? Yeah. I can I can't necessarily go into all the the whys and wherefores about okay. vinyl like well, you know when i see stuff like this like this is a 180 gram record oh yeah no that. i don't know that stuff I, I'm, I'm just like, trying to figure okay. out how you date it right i'm like oh. how can i tell that it's the first pressing and i'm sure there's something well, um but well so, first of all you you call it up i knew this is coming then, as soon as i said how do then, i date it like how do i date it you call it and you 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 ask nicely bring flowers you and are too much dude but anyway like i think this may be an original because i don't see any reprint years on here like on the um on the blizzard of oz you can see uh like a reprint year where they talk about oh you know copyright again that sort of stuff or whatever right but right. on this one and i don't recall seeing this on any of my other vinyls on the vinyl it has sta hyphen a bunch of numbers hyphen and a letter and I'm like, wait a second. Like, what's that for? I've never seen that. And it's the same on both sides. Mm, I've never... I, I, is that a serial number? Like, I I don't recall ever seeing that on any of my other pieces of vinyl. Okay, you know what? I think what you got could be an original pressing. Because I don't know if Stay Hungry ever got a re-release. Like, like over, over the years when you see... Okay, because the original owners of, and the, you know, the, the original copyright owners and all that, they're still collecting, you know, um, royalties from selling this on, you know, later on on a CD and, you know, I, you know, there is still money to be made off of this this album because all of the other twisted sister records were re-released 
you know, the license were sold to this label or this label and it's being re-released. You never see that for Stay Hungry. So I don't know. And if there's any any of our intrepid listeners and all that, may they maybe they know otherwise. Okay, I don't know if Stay Hungry ever was re-released. So if you have an older copy, okay, that, you know, you can just tell, you know, a record from the 70s, the 80s, okay, that's going to be the, the real deal. Because honestly, I don't think it ever did get re-released. So hang on to that. Okay, check this shit out. So I, I just did some, some like, like a quick quick Google search. Hang on. Remember I told you I had letters and stuff on there? Right. Son of a bitch. So, because it has barcodes and other identifiers. Okay. And then it says something about hand etched. All right. So this is not quite the same. But, okay, where is it? I know this is exciting radio. Sorry, guys. This would be way more fun on video. Uh, holy shit, yeah. dude. Dude. Okay. I think this is a first pressing. I think this is an original pressing because they were talking about like other identifiers. And they talked about this barcode that was hand etched on the record I'm like because I told you I've never seen anything like this and it is definitely hand etched um holy mm -hmm. shit you don't need any other identifier than what than what Snowy said like that's that's the deal <laughs> well dude but like 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 talking through this like I've never seen this sort of stuff I've never found it before and I'm like holy wow I am I am so excited right now um, and you just can't hide it. I, yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. That was nice. But um, it was one of those ones where I'm like, oh, am I overpaying for this? But now that I'm looking online, I'm like, oh, I actually paid less than what people are asking for online. Oh, probably. Yeah. So that worked out well, you know. But I'm like, I just I just didn't know. Um, This is very interesting here. Right on. Right on. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. You got something else? Uh, oh, yeah, dude. Like, it's been yeah, a couple weeks. Um, I'm thrilled, though. This is... I'm just still crazy about, like, holy crap, I think I actually got a find, you know? But anyway. Um, okay. You remember how you're always telling me about Tubi? I need to watch yep. Tubi and watch all the concert stuff. So, um, man, you weren't kidding. I watched a Horror Pops concert. Mm -hmm. And it's phenomenal. <laughs> like, you guys got to go check it out. Check out Tubi. And then I also found a Necromantics concert. Ooh, right um, a dude. That's the, a good double feature. It really was. Considering, um, you know... <laughs> two two thirds of each band are in both bands, right? Um, dude, just wow! Like holy crap! The, those concerts were so good, so much fun, and there's uh, there's so much great music because 
you know, when I started looking at the Iron Maiden DVD, I'm like, you know, there should really be more concert DVDs today. It's cheaper to film. It's easier to get good sound. It's nowhere near the production it had to be back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah, so like, yeah, I got to watch that. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. No, he really knows what he's talking about. You well, know? He- he tries. He tries. I know. I know, man. You're telling me all the time. I'm like, wow, look at this stuff. All right. And then, okay, let's talk about comics before I talk about the last thing. Okay. All right. So free comic book day. Um, my son and I went. We found a bunch of Godzilla stuff we hadn't seen. So there was a new Godzilla one shot out. It was Godzilla and King Ghidorah. Okay. And then... Um, my son still loves Power Rangers, and they had a Power Rangers meets Godzilla comic. Meets Godzilla, yeah. I saw that on the shelf. And he was thrilled. So we got, uh, two, I think it's like four issues, and we got two of them already. We um, got him a new Sonic. But then, uh, are you familiar with Goosebumps books in R.L. Stein? Um, yeah, I never read them, but I know of what you speak. Yeah, I never read them either. I mean, it's basically, it's, it's horror for kids, right? For kids, yeah. And the uh, the Goosebumps movies are really good. My son actually really enjoyed them. We've seen them in the theater, and they're they're fun. Right? Like, it, like you know, we've talked about, like, the starter, starter kit for kids in horror movies. Like, mm-hmm. this is definitely it. Well, one of the free books was called Monstrosity. And it's an R.L. Stein comic, and apparently the monstrosity is from part of the Just Beyond series that Disney Plus is putting out. And I'm like, oh, so what is it? So I pick up the free book, and it's about, like, the story is about uh, these two brothers that buy an old horror movie studio. And all these weird things that start happening. So I ended up having to buy the graphic novel. Because I'm like, well, now I need the rest of the story. So I got mm-hmm. the collected edition. And, dude, it's fantastic. Like, I need to put this on, like, my Halloween reading list. You know? And it's also a great... Again, like, you know, when we talk about, like, what's the starter kit for your kids? Like, this is a great starter kit. Because it's horror. It's fun. It's a twist on classic movie monsters. Like, it is essentially a love letter to the Universal Monsters. Excellent. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, it's fantastic, dude. Like I, I love it. So definitely check it out. All right. Last thing, you have to find this here in the states. It's on HBO Max. I don't know where it's going to be, but there is a Tony Hawk documentary, mm-hmm. and it's called Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off. Okay. I wonder if that's the same one that's up on the Crave station or on the Crave streaming i have i have something you know on the my list on on the on this the crave streaming channel a tony hawk documentary i wonder if it's the same one well if it's called until the wheels fall off then yes Uh, okay but i mean this is a very recent documentary like they just finished it up okay then i believe it would be the same one yes okay oh dude okay well so i'll try not to tell you too much um you know what We'll, we'll talk about it when you watch it then Okay. Because I really don't want to give anything away. Um, I watched it. I loved it. I mean, especially growing up with Tony Hawk. And then, you know, Tony Hawk is, 
I, I think, you know, pretty much undisputed is the greatest skater of all time. Yeah, he's he's the only skater that transcends the sport. Yeah. Yeah, like like I, I really th- think he's kind of undisputed. I mean, so many of, of the guys that when we were kids that were making a big deal are still making a big deal. And that's the really interesting thing in the doc is you start to realize that um, these guys are, you know, in their 50s still competing with kids that are 20. Mm-hmm. And they were the 20-year-olds at one point. It's like... Oh, yeah. And, you know, what what other sport... You know, okay, what other very physical sport where you can have bones broken do you have people in their 50s still playing it? Competitively, professionally. Yeah, it's... All I can really think of is maybe baseball and we're talking a pitcher. Maybe that's, that that's it. That's it. Yeah. But I yeah, honestly think very, an outfielder would have have a better life than a pitcher because pitchers go through arms, man. Yeah, yeah, no, but pitchers also don't bat uh, as as well. You know, for well, I thought that depended on the league. Yeah, at least in the American League. Yeah. That yeah, it just. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, for for a really really, but then again, that's. Baseball is not not contact. Well, neither, neither is, is well, skateboarding, except but, but, when you contact with the concrete. But baseball meets meets the the thing where you can break you can break a bone in baseball. You, you can, can slide. You can slam into somebody. You can get hit by a ball. Like you can break a bone in baseball. Absolutely right. Yes. It's still very physical, even though it's non contact. And same with skateboarding. It's non contact, but it's still very physical. Uh. Yeah. And the only other sport that I can think of where there's honestly anybody still competing that's, you know, I hate to say it like this, but of an advanced age um, would be surfing and Kelly Slater because he's like in his mid to late 40s now. Oh, okay. And, you know, when you ask her, like, well, who's the oldest, um, per, you know, who's the oldest competitor? He's like, well, me. He's like, Pretty much, I'm setting this record. So whenever I retire, like that's it, because there's nobody older than him doing this, you know. And and he just sure. he just never stopped. He he's like the Tony Hawk of surfing. So I, I'm literally champing at the bit to talk to you about this Tony Hawk. But if it's in your queue, I would prefer you watch it first. Okay, I'm gonna watch it this week. Yeah, so, I don't want to yeah. ruin a thing of it for you. Okay. Because I I was like on the edge of my seat, dude. It was so great, and just the things you learn, and then obviously the skating. It's like wow, this is something. Right on. Oh right. yeah, yeah, it was something. So, so it comes well recommended from a dude whose opinion I trust. Oh yeah, yeah, and right um, I, I will also tell you this: watching that documentary. And this and this was this was hard for me. And this is like a personal thing, but um, I realized that I need to put aside my dreams of ever ste- stepping back on a board. Like I, I watched it, and I mean, like if maybe if I can find one of the skateboards that are like the powered boards, like like a boosted board, you know, motorized, maybe I could do some cruising. But I'm watching these guys and, you know, injuries that they've collected. And I'm thinking about my leg and just how hard it is for me to stand sometimes on it. I'm like, yeah, I just need to give it up because I am going to hurt myself. 
Hey, it's it's not how many times you fall; it's how many times you get back up. Yeah, yeah, but that's just the 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 problem is like there are days, dude, that yard work puts me under, so I can't walk the next day. Um, I can't, and I can't help you. You know, I can't help you there. And, and and like we we can talk about my injuries offline sometime, but like my my right leg is a mess, and you know, add the fact that I could smack into a wall at twenty miles an hour. Um, yeah, it's probably a good idea that I stay off it, as much as that pains me to say. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, no. What else you got? That's everything. That's it, man. Well, for myself, really getting back on track with the um, with the shows, like I said, I'm not going to talk about it very much, but the Manitoba Metal Fest did hit here once again always a good time i'll get into that a little more next week but the week before that the legendary punk canadian pioneers doa came through town rock on dude of course our longtime listeners will remember when i don't know how many years ago it was now um but we had the main man behind doa mr joey keithley or joey shithead I'm like, Michelle, Joey who? When you say Keith Lee, I'm like, who's that? Who's, who's that? Yeah, we only know Joey Shithead. Yeah, I, guess, I know. I guess, I guess because Keith, because Shithead is a, uh, he's a politician with the Green Party in Burnaby, in Burnaby, just outside of Vancouver here. Like, he's a legit part, he's a legit politician for his, oh. his, his job job. I remember, but yeah. what better name for a politician than Shithead? Well... Yeah, come on! <laughs> like, like, I, like he—he's been like planning for this role for life. I do, I do got to give him. I do, I, I do have to give him credit because obviously he came up with that moniker when he was young and dumb, full of cum, of course. Yeah, and if obviously it's ironic, he's he's using it ironically. Fine, okay, but now he's, oh my god, he's pushing sixty, if not in his early sixties now. <laughs> okay, and to still call himself shithead like he was a sixteen-year-old kid is commendable. <laughs> I I completely agree, but I've also got to say that that's a way better moniker than some other rockers have come up with. Are you familiar with the Jay Giles band? Well, just some of the hits from the early eighties. That's Center. all you need. Like What's you just you know my... the band. That's all you yeah. need to know. Yeah. Um, they have a harmonica player who is a phenomenal harmonica player like one of the greatest ever and i i didn't realize that like the the harmonica song i'm always hearing that i've been chasing was actually the jay giles band called whammer jammer and um it's a phenomenal song it's all instrumental but i'm like wow who's the harmonica player i'm gonna look him up his rock and roll moniker is magic dick (laughs) okay <laughs> that is great in the 70s when you're a teenager. Yeah. He's now like in his 70s. Yeah. Um that was a poor choice, dude. I think it, it didn't age. What was a a member of um was it Mushroom Head? His his name was Pig Venus or something. Oh, like Pig that. Venus. Yeah, I think that is Mushroom Head. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that's funny the first time. 
Yeah, that's not going to age well either, dude. No, no. (laughs) Not at all. That's got a shelf life. Not at all. But the mighty DOA aging very well, especially on the live front. They um, they, was one of those doing um, one of their seminal records, you know, the the full thing. They did the hardcore 81 record in its entirety and still, still, still killing it live. Still, still killing it live. I just absolutely love this band. I grabbed, you know, from the merch booth, I grabbed a couple of the full-length vinyl albums that I haven't had yet. The more recent Fight Back record and the classic War on 45 EP from way back in the day when we were just wee ones. Um, As well... I picked up a signed fanzine, or at least it's it's sort of it's it's um it's laid out and developed like an old school fanzine okay. from, from 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 back in the day, and it's all it it all has to do it all focuses around that classic hardcore eighty one record with all the all the pictures when they when they're younger and talking about it and all this. Okay, it's really only one, one, two. It's only about ten, ten pages long. Okay, and it's even signed. Okay, it's it's DOA's history of hardcore. This really cool fanzine. It's even signed by Mister Shithead himself, as well personalized, saying "Talk minus action equals zero. Signed, Joey Shithead. Rock on. It's like, oh, see now. I'm not one for merch, although I did buy an Exciter t-shirt, okay, because I absolutely had to. I'm not one that buys a lot of merch at shows and all that. But being, you know, like this is the type of stuff that I really dig. So I definitely had to shell out for this very unique signed fanzine. And I'm sorry, we're... I just... It just, it just never, I just never happened. It kind of crept up on me. So I'm not going to have an interview with, with Mr. Shithead this time, but he did say, Hey, no sweat. The next time we're in town, let's let, let, let's get together and we'll hammer out another, another chat for your show. So definitely. He he is currently holding office, correct? Yes. Yeah. So he's a politician touring in a punk rock band. Yeah. I don't know if you can get more punk rock than that. No, well, especially if he's in the green. He's, he's, he's green. So, like, if he was liberal or conservative or whatever, I would be sneering my, my, my lip at this, you know. Because there's a lot of, a lot of um, you know, rockers from the 80s and punks from the 80s are now ultra-conservatives, Okay, like Johnny Rotten is the biggest manga guy around today, and it's wow. it's heart it's heartbreaking. Michael Graves from Misfits, he's a fucking proud boy now. <laughs> okay, so that just strengthens and reaffirms, you know, everything that I enjoy and believe about about DOA, because he's after all these years, you know. He's the real deal. Yeah, see, I can appreciate him holding office. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because even him holding office, he probably still doesn't trust the government, which I... Which, Not at all. Which I love, <laughs> you know. But um, uh-huh. I I just... 
I always find it funny when I see any rockers supporting either party. Where they're mm-hmm. like, trust the government. I'm like, really? That's not what rock and roll is about. Really? Trust the government? Are you sure? You mean the same people that said I shouldn't listen to your record, I should have listened to them is what you're saying. Yeah. I should trust them. Yeah. Like, they know like best. I, I, that's, that, that's why, okay, when people say to me, well, you don't like conservative, I guess you're a liberal. That's like, oh, you don't like, you don't like, you don't like Republicans. So you must be a Democrat. No, 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 no. I don't like this black and white. Okay, up 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 here in Canada, we're not a two-party system. We've actually have, you know, up to about five five parties. Wow, you party and, animals. Well, hey, <laughs> I mean, we have other parties, but you know, they don't yeah, get much traction. It, it, it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, good on him. Good on DOA. It was a fantastic show. Our good buddies in Shit Happens were jerking the curtain for the show. Dude, that makes they, me so happy. Yeah, yeah. They oh, have, I forgot to mention this. You got to tell Ducky, speaking of Shit Happens, um, Sue from um, D. Gregorio right? has an internet radio show somewhere, and I, I don't have the credentials. I'm sorry. I suck. But mm-hmm. she's like, hey, I need a band to play. Do you know any bands that would like some airplay? I'm like, yeah, go play yeah. Shit Happens raiding the liquor store. <laughs> and then I sent her the band camp playing. She's like, send them the raiding the liquor store. She's like, I'm playing raiding Area 51. These are my people. <laughs> hey, right on. Yeah. Right yeah. On. So they'll, she was thrilled when I uh, turned her on to Shit Happens. So, you know. Right on. Artists helping artists. This is the community I like. You know? mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So that was that was a bucket list moment for our good buddies as well. Um, I hit the record shop myself these last couple of weeks. Surprise, surprise. Um, okay, first of all, before I get to the real records, okay. Yeah. Tell me you remember Sha Na Na. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> hell yes. Okay. Now, for our younger listeners that might not remember, and this is, this is going back to what I was saying about just buying weird, bizarre records. Now, okay, what show was Sha Na Na on? Well, they had their own. This, this was it? The okay. Na show, yeah. Yeah, and they were basically like, I don't know what you'd call them, like a... Um, Okay, yeah, they they were a singing group. They were basically but, based around the fifties greaser. Look, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They were. I don't. I don't want to say boy band, but they were more not necessarily a real band, but they were. So in the fifties, they would have been called a vocal group. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I I know, but there's there's more emphasis not on the singing, but the TV as aspect. Okay, they oh, were. Yeah. You can equate them with the Partridge family or the monkeys. That's basically. Yeah, yeah. but it it was, I mean, it was more. Okay. Picture Happy Days as a variety show. That's how I remember. That's that's the expression I was looking for. Shanana was like a variety show. Yeah. Right, right. That's what I was looking for. The weird thing about this, though, is Shanana played Woodstock. Really? That's a little piece of information that when I first 
heard that, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Really? They actually played Woodstock? Okay. Well, yeah. I found this, the best of Sha Na Na. No. Record final. Okay. But it, it's it's a live record, okay? And I was in Planet of Sound, okay? And I'm checking out their new arrivals and all that. And I see it up, up, up on the wall. And I, I, I know the, the owners by now. Okay. And, and I say out loud there in the store, get the fuck out of here. That is a Sha-Na-Na record. Okay. They start laughing. <laughs> okay. So I grab this record and I have, and I, ha- and I, and I flip it over and they they do all these renditions of these old 50s songs. Get oh, yeah. a job. Rock around the clock, yakety yak. Well, and um, at the hop, like, that was always my favorite. Uh, yeah, that's on here as yeah. well. Hound dog, great, great, great balls of fire. Okay, I'm thinking. Okay, this is so bad. This is going to be the absolute shits. I have to buy this. Only seven bucks. Okay, fine. I spent more on coffee that day. Okay. Um, I get home and I start to give it the once over and it's every bit as bad as I thought it was going to be. But then I start look, I start look, looking at the jacket and it's made in Italy. The notes wow. on the back are all in Italian. No, this is oh. some imported vinyl. <laughs> okay. So now I'm thinking, okay, this stupid shot on our record is worth a hell of a lot more than the seven bucks I paid for. Oh my goodness, dude! <laughs> just in the fact of the the conversation alone. All right, you ready for this shit? Okay. The original vocalist Donnie Donald York, who started with the band in 1969, is still doing it. Wow, they're doing the senior circuit, I'm sure, which is the casinos and all that. But st- uh, just wow! Oh, you really took me back to my childhood with Shalana. <laughs> I, I like. We already talked about the Dukes of Hazard, but like the Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> Shalana, uh, Buck Rogers, and um, Tiny Bubble, Tiny Bubbles, oh, Tiny okay. Bubbles. Who was it? Fuck. Tiny Bubbles. No, Tiny not Glenn Tiny? Miller. Oh. Ah. Uh, Lawrence Welk. Oh, 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 yes. Yes, at which time I want to give a shout out to my grandparents for never having me having subjected me to that Lawrence Welk shit back then. I loved it, dude. But oh. you you know you know I'm a weirdo. Like I like a lot <laughs> of music, you know. And that's the thing is like when people are like you know, making fun of the heavy shit I listen to. And they're like, oh, don't make fun of my music. I'm like, I'm probably not going to because I like a lot of stuff. I'm not fucking narrow-minded. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, <laughs> but I will say fuck a lot. Uh-huh. I, I don't even know where that phone is. We're just going to work through it, dude. Yeah. It's somewhere in this room. Sorry. Uh, you, you have to buy someone a beer next show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I just need to travel with a case at this point, dude. Anyway, oh, Bowser. Yes, the the TV show, Bowser. Bowser's the guy that I remember the most. Fuck, is he still alive? <laughs> like, that's a guy I'd love to have on this show. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Sure, sure, sure. 
As well, I picked up a couple of cool records from Planet of Sound as well. Okay. When when in Winnipeg, you're going to want to go check that shop out. They always okay. got some really cool stuff. Um, Is the Canadian border open yet? Or like, will you will oh, yeah. you let Americans come in, or do I have to yeah. like sneak across? Yeah, no. Because no, I like seriously like. This conversation alone, I'm like, all right, I need to get my passport, and we need to start planning. I need to get up there. You do. I, I want to come up. I like. Let's. We'll try to do it around like a weekend where there's some shows, and you know, I, 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 dude, we could do an entire episode. Like, I'll bring my portable recorder, and we'll just record shit on the spot. We'll go around to all the record shops, all the comic shops, and we'll just like do the show in segments in those shops. Sounds good. Sounds good. I, I, I was that, actually thinking about that. That'd be a blast. Time. And then we'll do you know? one where we, um, you know, do do the rock and roll and alcohol songs, and that's when we need Matt to run the controls because we're just gonna get shit faced. <laughs> That'll be fun. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds go. good. Yeah, yeah. A couple of really cool records I picked up from um, Planet is Sound as well. At the same time that I grabbed the Shot on Awe record, I first I first walked into the shop. Okay, and I was the only one in there because I'm there when it opens up on Saturday mornings. And I, I hear this music. Okay, it sounds very familiar. I don't have this record, but God, does that ever sound like 80s punk metalers Warfare, who I've mentioned on the show, talked about them and all that. And it's like, okay, it's not the first record, but this is definitely Warfare. Okay, so I went up to the counter and I said, okay, What's going on with this record? And they said, "Okay, well, it's this." And I'm like, "Holy fuck! It's it's Warfare's Mayhem fucking Mayhem record." Okay, wow. at first because I was kind of thinking that okay, maybe they're they're just streaming it off of their phone or whatever. It's like, no, no, we have the actual vinyl. Here it is, and they show me the jacket. It's like, I don't have this. Ring it up. Okay, and they're they're playing it, you know, on 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 the turntable, and she said, actually, you know what? We've only had this for about fifteen minutes now. <laughs> okay, well, why is that? Because we just bought it off someone, basically put it on. You walked in, and now you're walking out, <laughs> out with it. So it's Dude. like, hey, hey, right on. Right it's on. like they I were just... like when somebody wanted to make sure you bought it. Hey, put oh, it on when yeah. he gets here. Oh, the metal gods you know, shine down on me and said, Hey, you know, you are definitely grabbing this old, old warfare record. Um, and finally, um, I bought my very first metal Lucifer release. Now who metal Lucifer was, and it's all one word metal Lucifer. Okay. Um, basically they were the side project of the more, uh, more, a more traditional classic metal sound, the side project of Jizo Lucifer. He's the um, main man behind the uh, Death Rockers, Black Metalers, Sabbath. Okay, I oh, don't wow. have okay. didn't didn't have any any metal Lucifer stuff at all. And I'm once again I'm looking at the Planet of Sound racks and geez, if I don't see a metal Lucifer album, okay, this this is fantastic. Bulldozing it true. This is a came out 2013, courtesy of the good folks of Iron Pegasus Records. Um, this is their live performance at the uh, Keep It True 
festival in 2011. And you know how the, these these days you'll get a um, a live DVD of a show and it'll come with a CD. Yes. This is a vinyl with a live DVD of the show. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like, wow, okay, I'm I'm definitely definitely down for this. But I've talked I've talked I've talked enough. Now, let's get on with a little bit of some more music. How about we drop something from that live metal Lucifer record, the way they kicked off the 20 11 keep it true festival this is metal lucifer with heavy metal iron fists
Once again, that is the mighty, the legendary DOA from their Fight Back record. That is Just Got Back from the USA. Like, that's just, that's the type of humor. Like, that's the type of songwriting that um, we've come to expect from not, not only DOA, but other great great Canadian punk punk bands like um, like the Daigle Abortions who are coming back to Winnipeg in June. I can't wait for that. And one of my all-time favorite bands anywhere is the Mighty Death Sentence as well. I would like to see them reunite and get something going as well, as well as Beyond Possession. There's another wicked, more of a crossover band up, up, up here, but who knows? Who knows what the future brings so the shadow about, knows the shadow knows that's about it yeah yeah so obviously doa crossing canada they're still you know despite being veterans and mature and experienced okay shall we say they're still doing it and it's 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 absolutely fantastic and it's very inspirational like you know i can only hope you know when we're in our 60s that we're still killing it on this show i just want to know how that works when you're in office (laughs) like how do you be like um listen uh to any of my supporters i will be in winnipeg on this night if you want to come out and talk politics yeah (laughs) like i i'm just trying to figure out how that shit all works because it's interesting definitely Definitely, definitely. Speaking of legendary Canadian bands, we're going to scratch another one off of the old bucket list in terms of creature features. As I mentioned at the top of the hop, just last week here in Winnipeg, we had the Manitoba Metal Fest. And of course, it's always great that when some of the young local Manitoba bands are given this showcase and showing their wares and all that, especially in front of the more veteran bands that we bring in to kind of headline these nights. This year, okay, we brought in Stryker. Stryker! 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 Night two, we brought in Cataclysm and Cryptopsy. And night one was headlined by the one and only the Mighty Exciter. Okay, now this was definitely a night of firsts. Okay, because this was the very first time, believe it or not, an Exciter go back to 80, 81 under this name and lineup. Okay, they've never played Winnipeg before. Really? Never have, never have, because we would have had him on the show then before at some point. Good point. Good point. But we just, we just never had. So that's, that's a, that's definitely a night of firsts. Um, This or that, that's definitely a first. And of course, this is a first for us to sit down and have a chat with the one and only Mr. Dan Beeler, the man behind the kit and the man behind the voice we'll get um we'll let mr beeler do all the talking but of course there is this major history 
behind the band with Megaforce Records and just just it's so much it's so much he's just the type of interview and I've said this a lot to people those veteran interviewees just ask a basic question press record let them go and it is a beautiful thing so without further ado we're going to get to our chat with Mr. Beeler to get us there with this insane discography of lots of so much cool stuff I wanted to give a track that really mm, probably when you think of okay like I'm a radio DJ I want to play an exciter song what do I do well let's go out with something from violence and force how about heavy metal maniac you know how about something from long live the loud all great stuff Let's do let's 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 dig a little bit deeper, shall we say, to Exciter's debut demo when they were just just youngins, young, dumb, full of cum. Let's introduce our great chat with Mr. Beeler from with Exciter's World War Three.
First and foremost, thank you so much. It's, if you don't mind the bad pun, it's really exciting yeah. that Exciter is finally in Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, I've, like I said, just, 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 just now, been a huge fan ever since I was just a little boy. And this is really appreciated. One of the questions that I always like to start off with, with my subjects that have been around, you've, you've done it all, you're a veteran, you've done it all, you've seen it all. So when you see the expression legendary, the legendary exciter, what's your initial reaction to that? Well, you know, it's funny because Al and I look at each other and we just kind of go, legends? <laughs> you know? But um, it's, uh, it's a show of respect, which we very much appreciate. And uh, at the same time, it makes you go out and play harder and work harder to show that you're this legendary band. And uh, it's an incredible uh, moniker to give us. And it, it's something really, really fucking cool, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, this is a question that I always like to start to start off. It puts a smile yeah. on their faces oh, yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah, and gets gets the conversation <laughs> going. This, you're, you, okay, the last record that this lineup has or at least you and Alan yeah. was was nine was nineteen eighty eight I believe. Are you thinking about new material for oh, this millennium? Well, you know, in twenty fourteen we we did the exciting reunion with John and we went for five years with John with the original lineup. Mm -hmm. Now, um, as soon as John said yes in twenty fourteen and the reunion was on that night, I started writing songs. But over the course of five years, um, nothing much was happening new material-wise. Um, we just didn't click with John in the same way we did in the 80s as far as writing. Right. And we didn't rehearse a lot. Now, John had the band going for a lot of years, and he had his own set time schedule and mm -hmm. things to do. So we were always playing live. So when it came back to recording or writing new material, we had, like, Two years later, we had one song. Three years later, we had one song, and it just wasn't wasn't escalating. So, when John left the band, Al and I had tons of material that we didn't even pre-prod or anything with John. So, um, we brought when DK joined the band, Daniel DK in uh, 2018. Of course, we scrapped anything we had with John. So here we are, you know, the new album again. You know, when is the new album? So. Al and I had a ton of material, but then DK comes in and we started writing with DK and it's like, whoa, man, this is his era. It's mm -hmm. the D Daniel DK era. And we have to come out with something that's worthy of him. And uh, we we kept a couple of songs. We started writing all over again. But uh, there will definitely be a new album. Uh, we have tons of material. It's just a matter of when, maybe in the next year. Hopefully. Okay, okay. But there will definitely be a new album. Right on, right on. That's yeah. what I want to hear. It's just fans these days, like because you you guys are a classic metal band and yeah. and all that. Are you, do you feel that the younger audience will embrace new material or I don't I just... know. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been playing now with Daniel DK for like three years. And we've been doing it off based on the first four Exciter albums. Right. And, you know, we've been selling out a lot of places all over the world. So 
I don't think it's really essential that we come up with a new album because the old uh, the old songs were so strong. Mm-hmm. But we know we have to. To answer your question, I don't know if it's going to drag more people to the show because you know what it's like when a band comes up with a new album. They do one or two songs off of it, yeah. and they have to do the they, old they, stuff they, they because it's it, not yeah. like the old days where you do the whole fucking new album and mm-hmm. you do a couple from the past. Our past is so strong that if we don't do that, we'll get lynched after the show. <laughs> so depending on what we come out with a new album, I would imagine we won't be playing a lot of material from it just because stuff is from the past. But it's essential that we do a new album. It's, it's coming up. Right on, yeah. right on. Um, with Megaforce, can you... With Megaforce? Yeah. The is, new album? Would that be an option? Yeah. Uh, of course it's an option. Um, right. Anything's an option right now because we're not signed. But, oh, okay. uh, you know, we'll do some pre-prod and uh, we'll shop it around. There's a lot of companies that have been interested now for years. Right. But, uh, yeah, Megaforce will be an option, of course. Right on, they, right they have our catalog. Right, yeah. With everything, so it would slip in if they did sign us. Right. But we'll see. Right on. I, I would, I would, I would like to see that for sure, yeah. for sure. Speaking of Metal Force, that was actually it was during that heyday because I'm, I'm an old guy, yeah, as as well. The first time I discovered Exciter, I was just 13 years old with the Violence and Force record, yeah, and all that. <laughs> um, so, the, like, that's kind of the record. Do you feel that's the record that puts you on the map? I think her first album really put us on the map um, worldwide. Right. Uh, violence just followed up and took us to another level, definitely. Right. Um, you know, we as a band were we, we were a little upset with violence because it wasn't as heavy, guitar wise and all this kind of stuff as Heavy Metal Maniac. But at the same time, uh, Carl Kennedy from the Rods produced it. Mm-hmm. And whatever he did, <laughs> it was like <laughs> all of a sudden violence and force is as big as heavy metal maniacs so um yeah I, I would imagine violence took us to another level for sure for sure definitely yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah. like i said that's where i discovered and it was the same time with the venoms the megadeth the, yeah. the, the metallicas and all that do you still i guess you would still see a lot of these bands that you cut your teeth with at festivals and oh definitely and, and, we and, see them backstage at festivals all the time you know <laughs> the old boys club right on. and we talk about the past you know it's an ongoing joke with exciter you know exodus anthrax megadeth everybody opened for us and everybody that opened for us went off to make it bigger than us <laughs> so of course they're happy but uh yeah we see them nowadays i have so much respect for venom mm-hmm. and um and megadeth and all all these bands and people say, how oh, come they made it bigger than, than you? Well, maybe they were fucking good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, we were victims of the business. Mm-hmm. We were from Canada. That doesn't help. Uh, yes. There was a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of politics involved in, in that sense. But these yeah. bands that went on to make it bigger than us were fucking good bands. They were amazing bands waiting to break out to be a headline band. So it was not like they blew us away and all of a sudden we're out of the... We were just caught up in the industry and bad deals and being from Canada and we lost out on, on a lot of stuff in those years. So those bands took off. 
mm-hmm. and we didn't. Yeah. You know, I totally agree with you about being Canadian does kind of hurt. Like, man, it's like getting sent back to Siberia. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, good luck up there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Razor, American Luck. They wrote a song about it. You, you know, so yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think sure. it's I don't think it's a reflection of Exciter or Anvil. Everything that no. you just said, Lips has said the same thing. Yeah, but you know yeah. something with Exciter, um, and we were dummies in the way that our management and the way the band handled itself at the time. We went down the shitter for a lot of those reasons, not because of our popularity or anything else. So I'm writing a book, and <laughs> oh, a lot excellent. of it's going to be in a book. But, um, yeah, it, it boiled it back down to the decisions we made and the people we pissed off and we got kicked off of Megaforce. And when all the other bands were flourishing, we were in a contract disputes and all kinds of shit behind the scenes that the fans don't see. Yeah, yeah, there's always, yeah, yeah there's always. And being Canadian, yeah. um, it shouldn't have made a difference but really did you know we i we, think so we go back to ottawa canada and rot while all the other bands were touring for sure for sure no i get that speaking of being canadian you guys are a three-piece yeah and all that has anyone ever referred to you guys as maybe the the canadian heavy heavy metal version of rush or triumph <laughs> have you ever gotten that or is that just bullshit never, guys like no, me you know something we we maybe from the outside looking in because we're a three-piece i can wow. totally understand that um speaking of rush they're my favorite band in the whole world <laughs> no doubt um triumph <laughs> one of my favorite bands and gilmore the drummer of triumph um really influenced me a lot for drumming and singing Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you something when i was young we listened to canadian content quite a bit um it was really big but uh the three-piece thing you know can go back to grand funk it can go back to triumph or back to rush or whatever Mm -hmm. i think that was john ricci's dream in 1979 when he hired al johnson and myself to to play an exciter he wanted a three-piece because he was a grand funk railroad huge fan and uh, even to this day i i love being in a three-piece band excellent yeah excellent for sure was was john the one that christened the band exciter well john um had a band called hellraiser oh okay 77 78 and uh he fired his bass player and drummer and he was going to start a new band that's where me and al johnson came in and i was 17 years old <laughs> Al was 19. so john had tryouts and he took us so for about six months we were called hellraiser oh, okay. and we decided to change the name because people around town in ottawa figured it was the old band so my brother who was a big part of exciter um so why don't you call the band Exciter after that Judas Priest song? Mm-hmm. And uh, right around 1980, we decided, yeah, fuck it, man, we'll call it Exciter, and mm-hmm. we change it to Exciter. Have you met uh, throughout your journeys? Have you met anyone from from Judas Priest? Yes, uh, in um, 2017, I believe we were playing in Sweden Rocks, and we met Judas Priest at the airport, and it was pretty surreal. Rob Halford recognized me and he really of course, he knew the name exciter right. you know from all uh-huh. the years reading stuff and uh, we had a good chat 
And uh, this August, yeah. we're, we're opening for Judas Priest in Italy. So, yeah, definitely. They're one of our main influences. Obviously, we got the name from them. <laughs> from them. And, and to meet them was just, like I said, it was very surreal. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I imagine Rob was stoked by, the, by your moniker. Yeah, he was. And uh, he was a super, super nice guy. And I try on meeting the metal guide. <laughs> He's my hero. And uh, actually, Glenn right. Tipton was on that show near the end and it was nice to go around and say thank you for the music and thank mm -hmm. you for a lifetime of everything you did and of course our moniker comes from them right. so it was a pretty special time to meet them for sure were you were you nervous nervous you? nervous as shit like <laughs> like younger bands and meet me i was you know, gonna I say that, that feeling it's like holy fuck it's rob halford and glenn tipton and oh my god yeah. ian hill and and it's just it like i said it, it was surreal so you still have that even though you you've made your niche in metal we're all you, fans you still buddy. have that that's we're for sure fans. for sure <laughs> the hair stands up in the back of our necks we get goosebumps uh -huh. fucking somebody that Halford walks by come on oh, man you know that's what it's all about yeah yeah that's why we're here we're all fans for sure for yeah. sure for sure if you okay think back to 17 year old Dan if you could send some magical mystical email to yourself giving some advice what would you tell yourself at 17 yeah <laughs> oh well, what, what, with what you know Jeez. now what, what would know you now? tell yeah i'd say put your nose to the grindstone and work as hard as you fucking can believe in yourself try to be as original as you possibly can and things will happen right on words of wisdom yeah Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Band work ethic. Yeah, band work sure. ethic. And I'll tell you something, with Exciter and those early years, nobody worked harder than us. We rehearsed so much. We sacrificed our young life for music. And that's what you got to do. And we played and we rehearsed and we rehearsed. And when we went to do those first three albums with John Ricci, I'll tell you, man, we went out and we blew away just about everything. Um, live on the floor first take because we rehearsed it so much and if i have any advice for young musicians man you got to practice and you got to work and you got to dedicate your life to it and you got to believe in yourself and believe in it and have people around you believing in you and the world is yours and you just go for you sure. can't go about it half-assed for sure for sure no that is that is definitely true with anything you do yeah that's something my my, my dad always said yeah give it yeah. 110 with whatever it is yeah. you do and my dad used to say the same thing and pound his fist on the table <laughs> yeah what is if with dad do it dad's and doing that <laughs> and the drinks would, <laughs> the drinks would jump up four inches but they were always if you're gonna fucking is that what you're gonna do then do it like nobody else did it and do it the best and do it as hard as you can and do it till you die. And with Exciter, that's what we always did. And uh, I'm 60 year old, 60 years old now and uh, we're still doing it. Still killing it. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. I don't want to end this on a downer, but I'm sure you'll have lots of fond memories about this. But these last couple of years, speaking of Metal Force, Metal Force is... Metal forces. Mega force? Mega force. <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> okay. Um, we lost Johnny and Marcia Z. Yeah. And Sad. you had you had history with them. Do you remember 
your initial meeting with of them and we what uh, Johnny Z signed us and uh, we we went down to Old Bridge, New Jersey and met him for the first time. And it was surreal. It, uh, John and Marsha believed in us so much. And uh, we did four shows with Anthrax opening up in, in New, at Lemoore's in, in New York City nice. and a couple of places. And, <laughs> and actually in Old Bridge as well. But uh, I'll tell you, man, I've never seen two people that believed in metal so much. And, and they're responsible for bringing thrash metal Mm -hmm. to the east coast and they were the first ones to bring venom over and the first ones to bring exciter down from canada and um i have so much respect for them and it's so sad that they're gone mm -hmm. uh we got kicked off the label but at the same time i was friends with johnny z and uh i loved him so much and i think johnny did a lot for exciter in those in those early days and it was sad the way it went out but um, in 1989, I, I made amends with Johnny Z and, and said I was sorry, and we became friends again, and I have so much respect for him. There's a big thing in next month down in New York with Johnny Z, and we're going to go down and pay tribute. Excellent. And uh, there's nothing I like better. I love the guy for everything he did for us and for metal.
Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
as you heard in our chat with Mr. Beeler, and when you, when you, you know, you see, you hear the band, the band name Exciter. Okay, you you obviously, the first place you go to is, well, Judas Priest, to which, you know, Mr. Beeler acknowledged, you know, that's where they got their moniker, the old Judas Priest song. Well, Exciter themselves have kind of took that and influenced their own generation because that was Iron Dogs from their album Wild and Free with Kingdom of Steel because, like, you know, one of the classic Exciter songs is Iron Dogs. So it's like, okay, if we're doing an interview with Exciter, like, we got to drop a track from them. Really, really cool traditional Canadian metal out of Ottawa where Exciter themselves hail from. And right around the time that I first discovered Exciter, I discovered a really cool new wave of British heavy metal band called Tyson Dog with their debut record, Beware of the Dog. Well, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know how I didn't know this, but Tyson Dog, okay, are, has just put out a new record this year. I'm like, I was totally blown away. It's like, I had no idea. This is absolutely fantastic. So, hey, let's drop a track from that new record, Midnight, and uh, the title track to that. Really, really great stuff. Um, whenever you get a chance, I think actually this weekend, as we're speaking, so if you're hearing this for the first time, it'll be last weekend, Exciter are playing the Modified Ghost Festival in Vancouver with Sacrifice. How is that for a double bill? Dude. Oh, that's off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, we haven't, we haven't been doing interviews very much this, this year. You know, after, after 15 years of doing interviews, I have to admit, I was feeling, you know, a little burned out about, about the whole thing. And we were having a lot of fun just doing the discussions, which we're going to get into soon enough but yeah when you know a band like exciter comes through town you definitely have to step up and make it happen and there are so many of exciter's peers you know like doa okay that are still doing it still killing it having a great time doing it as well and we have to get some more of these veterans on this show so there's something to look forward to during our short hiatus here i think it was only a couple weeks okay you know once again the world kind of caught up to us a lot a lot has happened a lot of really cool stuff has happened and since we're just kind of in a celebratory mood i figured you know what let's 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 just pour a couple drinks let's let's kick back and just shoot the shit about some really cool and not so cool stuff going on in the music world. And I thought we would start out with um, Judas Priest is in the Hall of Fame. Now, yeah. 
Now, it's not like they have been inducted, you know, like that this is the class of 2022. I actually think how they're in the hall now, how the mighty priest is in the hall now, I think this is even really, I think this is even cooler because they're in the hall through being awarded the Musical Excellence Award. What? Now, yeah, yeah, like they're not, they're not part of the class. Really? Okay. Basically, how how I understand it. This is so, dude. Okay, if you want to do, do some Google. Oh, I'm some, going to because go, go do some the Google. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame pisses me off. <laughs> like, of the first couple classes are pretty much undisputable because, you know, you look at the roster and you're like, duh. I mean, thank God they put Leo Fender in there because oh, yeah. they wouldn't have half the music without Leo, you know. Mm-hmm. But then they just started getting stupid. Like, hey, I got an idea. Let's put in some band that doesn't even play rock and roll, but we'll call it rock and roll because it's yeah, popular right now. That that's that has ruffled a lot of feathers, and I kind of look it as okay, yeah, it's called the Rock and Roll Festival or the Rock and Roll Festival. It's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but that's I I kind of take it it like they mean rock and roll to be all encompassing of of every genre so it doesn't really bother me too much it's just mm. well so when, I, when you when you pass over great rock and roll bands for eminem there's a I, lot see there's see eminem that's a tough one because i cannot disagree that eminem is a fantastic artist, a hell of a performer, and had a major impact on music in a major way. Yeah. But he is clearly a hip-hop artist. And Mm -hmm. while there are a lot of rock and roll roots in hip-hop, because, you know, some of the early hip-hop beats were rock records that they rapped over, right? Right. Um, Hip-hop really is still its own thing. So I feel like he should be in the Hip-Hop Hall of Fame. Now, I will tell you, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, yeah. Like, are do you know who those two dudes are? No, it's not ringing a bell. Okay, well, so they're probably the most famous work that anybody would recognize, whether you've heard or not, would be the Janet Jackson album where she's a topless and there's hands over her boobs. Oh, okay. Right. I know that. Yeah. They did that. Oh, okay. Um, and they worked with, and I think they also did Rhythm Nation eighteen twelve, like. Dude, these guys are not only just some of the most amazing producers and songwriters that you're going to find. Their original works have been sampled and copied so many times that we're still listening to them, even if it's not them. Like, mm-hmm. like they are phenomenal. Um, I got to sit through Jimmy Jam was on a panel in, um, on, at a NAMM show in 2001. Dude, I learned so much in that hour. It was it was just insane. All right, so no, 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 no. I'm looking at this now. I think they're still saying that they're going to induct Dolly Parton, but 
I thought she pulled herself out. Like yeah, Dolly Parton's she, like she was she was saying, No, no, I'm a country artist, so I'm gonna gracefully decline, but I guess she changed her mind. I I don't know if she did or if they just did it anyway. Now, but here's the deal. I have I have less problem problems with Dolly Parton being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame than I do with ABBA. Okay. <laughs> like I, I really do. Um like I remember when when ABBA got in, and it's not that I don't like ABBA, but it's very pop. It's very, very pop. Uh-huh. And, you know, Dolly Parton at least still has her roots in the early country, the early rock and roll. Like, like that's really where she comes from, you know? So, I mean, I, can, I don't know. I can get behind Dolly. I can always get behind Dolly, you yeah, know? No problem. I, because she she's she's another one of those people that's like she's known for her boobs, right? Like right. that's that's her most famous thing. That's and I mean, and she owns it, you know. And she yeah. owns the plastic oh. surgery, like um, because my 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 old boss and I would talk about her, and he said he's like I almost spit out my coffee the one morning when I was listening to an interview with her, and they said <laughs> they're like, well, how many you know plastic surgeries have you done? Uh, have you had done? <laughs> she says she like. Well, let me put it to you this way: one more lift, and I'll have a beard. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, oh my god! <laughs> like, like it took a second to process that. I'm like, holy mm-hmm. shit! Oh, <laughs> like, like that's a, like she's got a sense of humor. She owns it. You, you can't mm-hmm. get one over Dolly. She is ready for Probably you. Not. You know, Probably not. and and that is you know because she is just. She's so good at what she does. Like she gets the she gets the industry. She knows how to handle people. She she has she comes from like that old vaudeville. I'm in front of a hostile audience and I've got to figure this out quickly or I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Like skill set, right? Like like she has a skill set that so many people have lost. And you know, couple that with the fact that she is an amazing songwriter. You know, like, like, just yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I have a little issue with that, but I am trying to figure this out how this works because I see priests listed here, mm-hmm. um, but it's not explaining. I think they're really in. I don't think it's for something else, is it? Uh, okay. Well, yeah, they're they're in the hall, but they're not part of the class of this year. I think what the musical excellence award is. It's um, a, it's it's kind of like a lifetime achievement. Oh uh, like, well, you know, <sighs> like when you see on the Oscars or whatever, and I guess they still do it on the Grammys or whatever. Every year they give a, a the lifetime achievement award, meaning you had this awesome career, all of these great releases, and all of that. So this is how we are acknowledging you. But. Why would why would you, you put Priest that? in, and why would you put Harry Belafonte in? I Priest should have went in a long time ago. Oh, just yeah. just on just on the fact. Okay, they have this amazing discography. They have been killing it since 1970, I guess, and just they've influenced an entire genre of music. You know, along with you know. Sabbath and like Led Zeppelin yeah. and Jim Hendrix and all that. 
you know, they're they're definitely in that that conversation. So any accolade that Priest gets is 100 percent deserved. And they should have gone in directly with this year's class, if not 10 years ago. So I'm looking at this with Lionel Richie and I love Lionel Richie. But is he dangerous enough to be a rock and roll? No, no. Like, but not not I, his whole stuff. Like, the Commodores. Like, I was listening to the Commodores today. I'm like, man, uh, this is some stuff, dude. Because, again, like, like, like when you're talking soul and R&B, there's heavy rock and roll roots there, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, th- like there's, there's a lot of blurred lines when we're talking, you know... 50s and 60s, if we're looking at what's rock and roll, what's R&B, what's country, what, you know, it's, it gets, it gets hard. You're in the weeds. Like, it's hard to sort that out, right? It, the the yeah, lines yeah. get much clearer in the 70s and 80s. Um, and, and that's when, like, I listen to the Commodores and I'm like, no, these guys are pretty bold. Like, this is, this is some For good sure. stuff. But I like, don't turn it off when Brick House comes on. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> but but then like um, but with Lionel Richie, I mean, "Dancing on the Ceiling" is a great song, but it's very adult contemporary, easy to uh, listen. Yeah, that's, at that point, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. Eurythmics, I'm glad they made it. Yeah, I I don't have the list in front of I, me. Do you have just? I, let's quickly... I do. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, throw some names out here. So Pat Benatar. Okay, that that I get. Yeah, that a hundred percent. Duran Duran. Uh that's okay. Very pop. Uh, yeah, it's one of those artists that I'm because, like, like I said, the way I see it, rock and roll means all encompassing right now at, well, at this point. So Duran Duran, like, like, there's part of me just wants to write them off as as pop music, but at the same time, they were also very groundbreaking with the synth work. Right. And and that's part of rock and roll. Rock and roll is like you are always pushing that envelope. And, you know, after Duran Duran, we have Eminem, which we've talked about. I'm just like, mm-hmm. eh. I, 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 again, like, I, dude, I, I love Eminem. I mean, I think he is possibly one of the greatest um, rappers. You know, just with the rhymes he does and and just everything. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he he is up there with Run DMC and Public Enemy for me, right? And, and I mean, <laughs> and yeah. and and that's that's tough, right? Because I mean, Run DMC, dude, Run DMC, um, the album with Tricky, um, like just the song Tricky, like like that is that is almost mm. the perfect rap song, right? Just everything they do with it and to me like eminem like took that it's like oh okay i got an idea and then he ran with it you know and and Mm -hmm. that's that's what rock and roll is right that's why we started with chuck berry and we've got you know all the crazy stuff we've got today you know so many people are going to listen to chuck berry and listen to acdc and think that acdc is crap but it's like nope all they're doing is chuck berry (laughs) like that's all they're really doing but um, okay, so Eminem, then the Eurythmics. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of them, right? Like, and and they they push the envelope there. Um, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon. She's I, so green. 
I yeah, I'm I, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I don't know how much rock I feel there. Like she is another like easy listening adult contemporary, you know. Mm-hmm. And feel free to change my mind if you can, you know. Ah, uh, no, no, you're right. But um, but then Judas Priest, right? They're obviously rock and roll. Um, and I told you, Jimmy Jam, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, um, these guys just, wow, they're sick, you know, in a good way. Like, I just love, love their work and what they do. Um, so this guy, I had no idea who it was, Alan Grubman. And I think he, he's kind of coming in like in the, the, the sideman category, the supporting category. And, um, he was one of the founders of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, he represented Bruce Springsteen, U2, Lionel Richie, Sting, John Mellencamp, Madonna, Elton John, and Lady Gaga. Oh, wow. So I'm like, yeah, he's a big deal. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good stuff there. All right. Jimmy Iovine. I don't know who he is. I'm clicking no. for more. I feel like I should. But the funny part is they don't even have enough of a um, of a description there for you to know who he is. Okay. Oh, no. No, he's got the creds. He worked at the record plant in the 70s, right? Okay. Um, so he would have worked with uh, Springsteen and John Lennon, right? Right there. Like, you've got me. Uh, worked with Patti Smith, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers. Also worked on U2's Rattle and Hum. And then he founded Interscope Records. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. That yeah, makes totally sense. in. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this year's, you know, it's hit and miss. Good on Priest, good on Vedatar, and. You know, it's kind of like I said, hit and miss with the with the other stuff. Um, you were never a Spinal Tap fan, never. Which I never understood this about you. You seem like such a cool guy. Like what the hell? Well, so here's what happened. <laughs> have you have you ever had something come up at a point in your life where you don't want to hear it, and yeah. you get so sick and tired of hearing it that you absolutely refuse to to partake in it? Right. So, at a time in a band where things weren't going well, one of the band members would not stop talking about this movie. Right. Quoting it all the time. And uh, so I have forever associated that movie with those band tensions. And I've just, I've never watched it. Like, I, I have seen A Mighty Wind. Which is the same oh, okay. people mm-hmm. doing a different mockumentary, but it's a mockumentary on, um, you know, folk music, right? Mm-hmm. But I have not seen Spinal Tap. Now, I have seen Spinal Tap the band live in concert. Ah, I saw them in two thousand one play in Anaheim, California, for the Nam show. But I have still never seen the movie. I know probably most of the lines, all the quotes, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I ha- haven't seen it and, um, I'm keeping that streak alive to the point where one of my friends, and this is the best part is like, she, 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 she knew all of us. She knew the people in the band and, 
um, you know, knew, knew the story that, that somebody doesn't like, you know, or would never watch uh, Spinal Tap. So one year for my birthday, she gets me Spinal Tap on DVD. So okay. I own it on DVD and she hands it to me and I unwrap it. I'm like, oh, thanks. And she's like, yeah, she's like, don't we have a friend who like refuses to watch that movie? She's like, who is that? And I smile. <laughs> I look at her. I'm like, um, me? That's me. She lost it. She was laughing so hard. And like the two, we, we just were, were cracking up, you know, and, and, you know, we kept the tradition. I still haven't seen it. Like, it's not even like she's like, oh, that's it. We're going to watch it tonight. She's like, nope, nope, put it away. Like, it's never, it's never been watched, dude. Okay. Um, how would you feel about the idea of a sequel? Um, I mean, it's two movies I've never seen then, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, woohoo, as, as a tap fan myself, I'm stoked. I'm stoked because while we were gone, they announced a 2024 sequel to This Is Spinal Tap. Of course. Now, the idea behind this, and it's the same people, Rob Reiner, they're, they're bringing back, you know, our... Our trio of, of miscreants, you know, in Spinal Tap and the idea, because believe it or not, okay, like we said at the top of the hop, with Empire Strikes Back being 42 years old today, well, this is Spinal Tap is 40 years today or this year and all that. So the idea or it will be in 2024 will be 40 years Okay, when this movie is released. So it's kind of like acknowledging the 40th anniversary. And the idea behind this new Spinal Tap sequel is they're documenting, quote unquote, their final farewell tour. Oh, my which God. Kind of, which kind of stands to reason. <laughs> well, because they're okay. in their 70s now, right? They would be getting up there. They would be getting up there. Now, what I would like to see is them do this. This is the final, that's the Spinal Tap farewell tour. And we know how that works. Oh, yeah. So, so in 2030, let's see Spinal Tap 3. Oh, it's the reunion tour <laughs> after only five years. Okay? Well, because I, I remember like when I was a kid, what was supposed to be the final who concert which we're going to be getting to them soon enough too well the don't final forget how many times was, aussie's retired yeah they've so so many bands have done that this is our retirement and all that and then you know you know you 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 know what talks hell kiss did it crew did it yeah yeah so i i would like to see tap take the piss out of that about, about well, i think it'd be funnier if they do that during this movie where, where, where they introduce to say this is the final tour and then they then they fast forward and be like okay no this is really it you know and they like say like you know put flash the years up yeah. no this is, this really is it. finally it yeah and you, you just get the the old old makeup every time they do it they're just looking old, older and older 
All right. Well, personally, like like I said, I, I, I love the tap. I cannot wait for this. And I didn't get to see the original in the theater. You know what? No, no. I saw it in the theater at the at, at the park theater here about two or three years ago, but not during the initial release during the, the initial run. I, I didn't get a chance to catch it in the theater. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Speaking of The Who, okay, probably one of the most famous concerts for all the wrong reasons was September 3rd, 1979, when The Who played in Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, and the whole, we know, we know the story quite well. They had the festival seating. Some doors were opened a little too early while the band was sound checking. Everyone's thinking the band's playing. There's a stampede. Eleven kids are killed through through all this well dude i don't know how many years later just this earlier this week i believe as we speak the who have returned to cincinnati and played and and played a show and i just wanted to just kind of yeah yeah i just kind of wanted to maybe say say something about that throw throw that out there because it's definitely a um you know, a feel it, it 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 it's kind of a feel good story. You know, for forty two years later, after this after this this tragedy, they return to it. Um, you will recall, uh, I don't know how many episodes ago it was now, but um, the the uh, Juno Awards were announced. Yes. Here in, in in Canada, and what what the Juno Awards are, you know, if you've been listening to us for any amount of time, we've been pounding the Junos into every, everyone's head. We talk about the medal category every every year. We've actually been a judge in for the medal category a couple times here on the Junos ourselves and all that. They're basically the Canadian equivalent of the Grammys. This past this this year, um, some of the nominees in best metal performance were Archspire, Brand of Sacrifice, Danko Jones, Spirit Box, and The Agonist. And with whenever you know these award ceremonies come up, we always play our little game of should or will. You know, who do we think should win? Who do we think will win? I think. You said that you were anticipating Danko Jones winning. I think it sounds right, but you know, right, right, it's been forever right. ago at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems it seems that way. I was going with Spirit Box because they were just. I was thinking of it kind of as at a different angle, thinking, okay, you know, they're kind of moving up in the world, getting more more interest and notoriety and all that. I kind of went with them. Vancouver Prague death metalers Arch Spire took home the gold. Wow. Okay. Rock this on. is this yeah, absolutely fantastic. Hell yeah. This this is kind of an upset, I think. But the, but then I really started to think about it. It's like who who are the judges, you know, for the Junos? And this is kind of where the Junos have it over the Grammys because they actually enlist people 
involved in that particular subgenre. In that genre, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the people voting this year obviously saw the potential or saw everything that is absolutely great about our spire. We've had them on the show before. They recently played here in Winnipeg during our, um, during our small hiatus. Unfortunately, that was a show I wasn't able to make. So what a surprise, what a pleasant surprise, you know, to find out that art spire, um, brought home the gold right on, Right on. Um, another thing I quickly wanted to bring up, speaking about Hall of Fames, this came across my desk earlier this week. Um, we're all familiar with the, with the, with the British thrash band Onslaught. Yes. We, we've, we've had Nige Rocket on a couple times, both in person in our action interview and i think just last year we did a phoner with him you know and we go back with onslaught to the mid 80s they were one of those metal pioneering bands like exciter so it was always exciting to talk to mr rocket okay coming across my desk here was the announcement that british thrash pioneers onslaught will be inducted into the 2022 Metal Hall of Fame during their on-stage performance at the Maryland Death Festival on the 28th. Okay, and I'm kind of like, what is the Metal Hall of Fame? Yeah, I've never heard of that either. (laughs) Okay. I mean, if there's ever a band that kind of deserves it, it, it's hard to not make a case for Onslaught. Uh, okay for sure for sure so i was kind of doing a little bit more into exactly what the metal hall of fame is and apparently it's a it's it's a volunteer nonprofit organization that enshrines forever those legendary musicians artists and music industry executives who are responsible for making hard rock and heavy metal the music it is today it is a uh, volunteer organization and part of the 501 nonprofit Drums and disabilities, numerous celebrities, blah, 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 blah. The Metal Hall of Fame voting process is derived by fans of all genres of hard rock and heavy metal, along with the the Metal Hall of Fame voting committee and all that. Metal Hall of Fame website, www.metalhalloffame.org. Like I said, this is something totally new to me. You know, obviously, this doesn't get a lot of um, a lot of press and a lot of attention, but this is really cool. Like, if you're if you're inducting bands like this, then you're doing it right. Okay, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Take note. You see how it's being done over here. What does that tell you? I tell you. So I want to. Give uh, the horns up and congratulations once again to Mr. Rocket and all of the fine folks in the Onslaught camp. Finally, one of the things that has really gotten everyone's attention. Okay. Um, Once again, courtesy of the Nuge. 
Oh, and dude. We, and we know when all you about sent me this, dude. <laughs> come on. When we we know all about my opinion. Okay, about um about the nudes and all that. It's, it's not even really having to do with the music. Like, okay, not 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 all of this music is really my thing, but Cat Scratch Fever is one of those lifetime songs. I fucking love that song. Oh yeah. I I, I probably always will, but just kind of as a human being now all old old teddy baby is just he's making it harder and harder he's lost his mind dude. i actually like this guy well apparently yeah in a december live stream okay the nuge commented on uh the 100 greatest guitars list guitarists list compiled by um rolling stone magazine this was about 12 years ago this this issue was um, was released, and for some reason, it was brought to his attention. And he, the Nuge, took exception to one Joan Jett being placed high on this list. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and that obviously kind of like like he was saying okay it's not like she's not a great guitarist she is but she shouldn't be anywhere near these people and he gave a laundry list of all of these acclaimed players oh okay and yeah yeah not impressed not not impressed by the statement a lot of people weren't as well it the the, the internet just lit up okay and joe jet kind of fires back her her herself with 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 the whole thing she 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 called him out i believe on being the draft dodger okay and just kind of his some of his his beliefs and she basically said well his his punishment is just being ted okay so so yeah yeah i i i get why she's pissed okay and i can understand why other people are upset now okay maybe jet's not the virtuoso shall shall we say like she's she's not going to do ingve type shit you, you know, like she has, she, well, she you're does, right. She, she she's never assaulted a, a uh, flight attendant. Yeah. So <laughs> that's right. You know, you're, Jones, step it up. Imagine, imagine her screaming. You're bringing out the rage. <laughs> You've unleashed the fury. <laughs> At least that's it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fury. <laughs> and and Jet's just a small little thing. You know, like that. Would yeah, but be I'd be fun. more afraid of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be more afraid of her than the Nuge, or especially Ingve when I think. No, about I'd be afraid of the Nuge because you know he's packing and carrying he's a knife. He's got some some sort of gun. Yeah, you know he he's definitely okay. he he's he's fully weaponized. <laughs> but I mean Ingve, like you know, uh, uh, other than an attitude, he's overweight, so I could probably still outrun him. There we go. You know. There. Yeah, yeah. What I took from all of this is, yeah, okay, she's her style isn't the techno virtuoso and all that 
she's a trailblazer. She is a trailblazer. She influenced playing her guitar, writing her own songs, fronting her own bands, being a prominent member of a legendary band like the Runaways. She's a trailblazer. Yeah. Okay. She inspired a whole, uh, probably a, a second gener, excuse me, a generation of female artists to pick up the guitar and be like Joan. Yes. You know, that got lost on the Ted, on 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 the Nuge. And, and and all that. And it's like, dude, how come you didn't think of that? Oh, you know why? Because you're a rich, right Republican that just doesn't get it. Well, like, I kind of want to see. So you said this list was from Rolling Stone. Yeah. Like it's, it's but, but it's an old list, list right? Yeah. The okay. list isn't the issue. It's, it's well, the beef. I, well, hang on, though. I, I want to see if we can find the list, because I think I can poke poke some holes through all this bullshit. <laughs> okay. Uh, rolling Stones. Because I've been thinking a lot about this. Best guitarist list. Riveting radio right now. 100 greatest guitarists. Okay, let's see. Let's see the list here. Okay. Lindsey Buckingham, Thurston Moore. Um, so Thurston Moore, he's not 99, right? If, um, I love Thurston Moore and he is also a trailblazer, but he is famous for making noise and songwriting. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, he's he's also not an Yngwie. Bruce Springsteen is on this list. Bruce, I, I would consider Bruce and Joan pretty much equals because they're both competent very insanely competent on their instruments, but their songwriting abilities outshines what they do on the instrument. They they do mm-hmm. what's necessary for the song. They do what complements the song. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Joan sucks. Springsteen sucks. But Springsteen is also no Ingve, right? Okay. Right. Uh, let's see here. Let, let's And that's exactly the kind of stuff I wanted to find, right? Now, you want to talk about some bullshit? Ninety-two is Dimebag Daryl. Um, <laughs> Dimebag Daryl is fucking Ingve. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's see here. Oh, Bonnie Raitt's on here. She's phenomenal, so that makes sense. Carl Perkins. Okay. Hetfield is on here. What? And James Hetfield is at eighty-seven. You could argue that. You know, he's honestly in the same league as Joan Jett and, um, uh, oh my God, who did I just say? Springsteen. Because he's certainly not a shredder. But no, no. James, but H- Hammond and Mustaine are. I hope they're higher than Hetfield. Yeah, but here's the deal. Hetfield is arguably the world's greatest rhythm guitar player. Right? Second only to Malcolm Young of ACDC. Right, like yeah. those those yeah. two guys are what keep the keep the songs going. And again, this is great because he's in that same vein, right? So there we go. So you can't sit here and be like, well, you know, Joan doesn't do-. no. Like looking at this list and the, and the way they've got it spread out, like, uh, yeah, Joan's got to be on here. Now, mm-hmm. if Lita Ford's not on here, I am going to be slightly hurt. <laughs> um, 
just because, you know, I've had a crush on Lita since I was 14. <laughs> but it's not entirely nepotism. I really do respect her as a guitarist, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like she's always going to be a, a secret love of mine, a secret love that I talk about all the time. Uh, let's see here. Jack White, Richard Thompson. I'm just, I'm skimming. I'm skimming the heck out right. of this. Because there are, like, so Slash is 65. Holy shit! Um, Dimebag is a better guitar player than Slash, mm-hmm. right? If 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 you're gonna you know do push comes to shove, uh, let's see here. Here's Dickie Betts, Ron Ashton, Robbie Robertson, Peter Green, Joe Walsh. Uh, you, you you got the right list, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay, right. we're going to load some more. Yeah, no, because this is like uh, the 100 Greatest Guitarists of Rolling Stone. Oh, fuck, it took me to the top of here. Oh, no, here we go, here we go. Okay, so Richie Blackmore is number 50. Right. Right. Now, Richie Blackmore... It's definitely be on the list, but higher. Well, yeah, but so think about this. So Richie, Richie Blackmore, arguably an amazing guitarist, right? But um, if we want to talk about Joan Jett, Joan Jett had to be able to keep up with Lita Ford, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she could. And Lita Ford, um, I believe Richie Blackmore, was it was was Richie one of them, or is it just um, Tony Iommi? But there were a lot of her heroes, like Richie and Tony, that she met, and she'd show them how to play their own songs, <laughs> right? So um, that's why I need to see Lita, Lita here. Okay, let's see here. So Johnny Greenwood, the guy from Radiohead? I don't know. So, like, honestly, um, he's another one who's more of a songwriter than a guitarist. And, um, yeah. Oh, Link Ray. Link Ray's 45. He needs to be up here. But at the same time, if we're, if we're trying to talk technical prowess, him and Joan are on very similar levels here. Um, let's see here. Tom Morello, number 40. There we go, right? Mm-hmm. That's something I can get behind. Steve, Steve the Colonel Cropper, right? Um, he's a hell of one. The Edge is on here. Let's see. Oh, Randy Rhodes, number 36. Oh, okay. John Lee Hooker, number 35. John Lee Hooker is uh, somebody that I should think should be in the top 10. Dude, okay. Prince is on here, and... Say what anybody wants to say about Prince. He is a badass guitarist. He is. He is. It just you don't really see it very much. At least from my experience with with Prince. Like, no, but when just, he okay, just, dude, I uh-oh. found what I was looking for. If you're gonna try to tell me that Joan is the person who doesn't belong on this list, but you're okay with Johnny Ramone. Being on the list <laughs> at number twenty-eight, um, you really need to hand in your penis, um, uh-huh. and you know get comfortable with being a woman for a while so we can detoxify your masculinity, um, because you know it is well documented that you and I worship the Ramones. Yes, very much so. Um, but you want to talk about somebody who is not Ingve? Johnny Ramone mm-hmm. is not only not Ingve, he would tell you he's not Ingve, and right. Johnny wouldn't even pick up a guitar until he had a tour. 
<laughs> yeah, and he's a trailblazer as well. Yes. And that's that's what he's is, you know, being being put on this list, that's that's why. Yeah. Just 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 like Jet, and obviously that has escaped the nuge. Angus Young is twenty four. Les Paul is eighteen. And I mean, there, there's a lot of people on here where I'm like, eh, okay. Um, okay, we're getting to the top ten. Ready? Okay. Number ten, Pete Townsend. You know what? Actually, yesterday was Pete Townsend's 74th birthday or yeah, something Yeah, makes like sense. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he, was, he was actually one of the original. Like, I would, like... Hey, Snowy, who's like the original punk rocker? Iggy Pop? Well, you know what? An argument might be made for Pete Townsend. Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's the deal. Pete Townsend, um, especially if you dig into anything, like he is a phenomenal mu- musician and multi-instrumentalist. But mm-hmm. even he would tell you he's no guitar hero. Right. He probably you know. can't even play guitar hero. Well, I mean, what guitarist can if you play? I know, it? like, like <laughs> I love it doesn't that. play like a guitar. But I, anyway, I love that. But I mean, I've heard Eddie Van Halen and Eric Clapton say, "Like, fuck this, I can't play this." But like, at the same time, this. Pete Townsend had an insane um, influence on rock and roll guitar. You know, oh, even sure. not being the lead sure. guitarist, right? Like he was insane. Mm-hmm. Okay, number nine, Dwayne Allman. All right. Number eight, Eddie Van Halen. Eight? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, but tell you, this one I'm okay with. Number seven, Chuck Berry. That's definitely top ten. Oh, yeah. If, Ch- just, if Chuck wasn't for- on the list, I'd say we need to burn this down. <laughs> like, you know, let's let's go storm Rolling Stone. We're going to storm Rolling Stone. Yeah. I was just about Rating Rolling that. Stone. You know, Rating Area 51. It's a new shit happens song. Rating Rolling Stone. But um, number six, BB King. I so I haven't even seen Joan on this list. So I'm because like I think it's been mostly dudes. Well, no, there's it was a Bonnie Raitt was on here. So mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Beck number five, Keith Richards number four. But again, not not a lead guy. Great guitarist, great songwriter. But but he's he's another Joan Jet. Like he's somebody I'd say like that. I, this can't be the right list. Because I was just gonna say we're yeah. I'm, I I'm on number three, and we've got Jimmy Page. <laughs> um, number two is Eric Clapton, and number one is Jimi Hendrix. So Joan Joan wasn't even on this list that I could find. But okay. here's the <laughs> deal: reading, have another drink, buddy. You're reading the wrong list. Well, it's it says it's Rolling still, Stone. Yeah, but, but it, and, it's and the whole still thing the point. is yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. Think about this: we went through a hundred hundred different guitar players. Um, and Lita Ford wasn't on here. Joan Jett wasn't on here. And they honestly should have been. Because if you're going to put Johnny Ramone on here, I, and again, nothing against Johnny. Like, I think Johnny should be on there. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, I, I think that you should have Lemmy on this list. <laughs> and even knowing that he's a bass player, because <laughs> Lemmy didn't play bass like a bassist. He played no. bass like a guitarist. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, you know, you want to talk about some great guitar players 
And especially, like, there's a lot of people on here that are phenomenal musicians, but you're not going to know them for their guitar playing. You know them for their songwriting. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is the argument I wanted to make, right? Like, you don't know Johnny Ramone because he's a phenomenal guitar player. You know Johnny Ramone because of the phenomenal songs that he helped bring to life. So you may not know Joan Jett because, oh, she's the greatest guitar player I've ever heard. I can't believe that solo. You know Joan Jett because at the top of your lungs, you are screaming along to, I hate myself for loving you. I love rock and roll, cherry bomb. These are the bomb. These these, these are all wicked songs. Everything, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So hang on, let's see if I can find the Joan Jet Ted Nugent article now. See if I can find the list <laughs> because this just it just pisses me That's, off. Now the 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 capper for this, yeah, the the thing that really bothered me, okay, oh. and what a, what a, what a surprise is when the Nuge outed himself as a homophobe and he didn't even really know that he did it. Yeah, okay, because. Like when he responded, okay, because he said his shit, Joan fired back, put him in his place. So he came back with, oh, and it's got nothing to do with her being lesbian either. Although that never came up the whole conversation. It's got nothing to do with her being a lesbian. Well, yeah, what's, I, what's I any of this have to do with you? Dude. It, it's got nothing, nothing. Yeah, he went on saying, I didn't know she was I a lesbian, lesbian until you told me. Like, remember, like I had all through the 80s and 90s, I didn't know. Like, well, you're the person that told me. I'm like, what? They During during the I Love Rock and Roll era and definitely during the Runaways era, they probably wanted to keep that hush hush. Oh, because absolutely. Because there was like gay bashing male, left and right. And there was that they were catering to that male audience that wanted to fuck them more than they wanted to listen to them play. As sad as that is. You know, okay, so the Nuge, okay, he's going on saying, and it's got nothing to do with her being a lesbian. I love lesbians. I love to watch that shit. Okay, as in like watching two two women have sex. You know, every time I've heard someone say that, and it's generally some fucking redneck guy. Yeah. Okay, every time I've heard a guy say that, it was prefaced by, I don't like fags. I don't like gay guys. Dude. And then I'll say, I'll say, well, okay, when you're watching a porno, then you fast forward the girl girl part because every smut film has a girl girl sequence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's when they go. Oh, no, that's fine. I'll watch that. Okay, you just told me, you know, well, you did when you blatantly said that you just don't like gays. (laughs) Okay, but now you're going to tell me that you're not, um, you know, when it it comes to your bigotry, you know, you're not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You're not consistent with your bigotry, you know? Like, if you're saying, oh, I don't like gay people, but you also don't like lesbians and you're a guy, I would at least say, okay, at least you're consistent in your ignorance. 
more often than not, okay, all of these dumbass men aren't consistent and all that. And the Nuge outed himself as that. Oh, did I lose it? No, no, no. I'm listening and I'm thinking because that reminds me of a story that um, an artist that I really like told um, where he was telling telling the story of this guy that he met um, that... (laughs) And it, it's a great story because he tells the story about snorting a dead guy because somebody basically was at sea, found this box of powder that was like off-white, thinking like, oh, is it co- cocaine? And he takes a snort, nothing, and he keeps sifting through it and he finds a crematorium medallion. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the guy's like, yeah, he's like, I never snorted a dead guy. He's like, I smoked a dead guy once. <laughs> And he, and he's like, okay, I get to hear the rest of this. And so basically, he had a great friend who passed away of AIDS, and he got some of the ashes and rolled them into a joint and was smoking it. And he's smoking it with another friend of his who's also homophobic. Ah. So the whole time they're passing the jet the joint back and forth, like the um the, the guy's like, oh, I can't believe you touched the ashes. Like he was gay. Like what's wrong with you? And finally, out of frustration, the guy looks at me and goes, fuck you, you're smoking them. Yeah. You know, and I'm he's like, now, oh my goodness. And then the best part is, part of you. the guy kept smoking it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay. Like, you're able to put aside your homophobia to get high. Like, way to go, dude. Yeah, you know? way to go. All right, yeah. so I, I've now found the list in question. Would you like to know who guitarist number 99 is? I love doing this show with you, man. Hey, I have been drinking tonight, man. It's one of those things. But you want to know who guitarist 99 is? Yes. And 99 proves my point already. Greg Ginn. Wow, okay. Right, I love Greg Ginn. Again, he's no he's no Inve, and we but we would not be where we are without Black Flag. Definitely not. No. See, and this list has Angus Young at ninety six. Who 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 gets who gets drunk and writes these things? Who? What the hell? Um, Wayne Kramer's on here. Robbie Krieger's still on here. Okay, dude, D Boone. I mean, he's pretty darn good, but still, like uh, from from um, the Minutemen. Oh, okay. Dave, Dave. Oh, so, dude, Joan Jett's 87 on this list. If you're going to complain, you need to complain that she's too low. She should yeah, be higher. If anything, what the fuck? I'm calling Rolling Stone tomorrow. I mean, granted, she's right and uh, like right above Tony Iommi. He's 86. Randy Rhodes is only 85. Now we've got to go the whole way because like th- these are like half our guitar heroes. But again. Um, Tony Iommi is right next to Joan Jett, just like Lita Ford is right next to Joan Jett. So it looks like she's in the right place, you know, because Lita had to teach Tony how to play his own songs, you know. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Eddie Cochran's up here. Gil- Dude, David Gilmore is 80 t- 82? Hmm. Okay. Somebody seriously just like. They, they turn on a randomizer because I don't even recognize some of these names. I'm like, who the hell are these people? Okay. Adam Jones is at 75 higher than Tony Iommi. I'm a fan of Tool, but um, he's oh, not Tony Oh, that's why I didn't Iommi. know that name. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. <laughs> you you want to know who number 70 is? <laughs> uh, yeah, hit me. Eddie Van Halen. What the fuck? Okay. Okay. Is this Rolling Stone? Like the yeah. Rolling Stone? Yes. Like, yeah. Who's Did they get like the intern right out of high school? I, that... You know what? <laughs> like... I don't know. This is great. I think they went to a kindergarten and said, hey, who who do your parents like to listen to? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, okay, this is great. Okay, so hang on here. I'm in the 50s. Richie Blackmore is at least number 55. Uh, yeah, still higher. Got to be higher. Oh, hang on. We're, we're going to go for the second Halen, half. Eddie, Eddie Van Halen has to be top 10. Like, Yeah. Okay. What the uh, well, on this list, Pete Townsend's number 50. Wow. Uh, Joe Perry's 48. I can live with that. Les Paul is 46. Frank Zappa is even on the list for Les 45. Paul should be higher just for the yeah. contribution. Dude, Scotty Moore, guitarist of Elvis Presley, is 44. I feel I feel good about that. Like I, I We could put him higher, but um, we wouldn't have these other people on the list without Scotty Moore. Ah, uh, let's see here. John Fogarty is higher than Tony Iommi, and I love Credence, but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, me that. too. Just um, Brian May is 39. Bo Diddley is 37. Steve the Colonel Cropper is 36. I'm definitely okay with that. <laughs> Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth is number 34 on this list. Well, he jumped up like 60 points here. Like what I the know. hell? Well, this list was actually before the other list I was reading, so he actually oh, dropped <laughs> in, the, in the current okay. list. All right, yes. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm in the 20s. Oh, so Tom Morello, 26. I think he's sitting about the same place. Um, oh, this one has George Harrison, in number 21. And I think that's nice because he's very, that's... pardon me, very underrated. Okay. I love this guy. He was not on the last list, and I'm kind of surprised he's on this list. But at number 18, John Frashanti of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, yeah, I I kind of tapped out of the, the peppers pretty much after Mother's Milk. So I really, I really can't say for sure. But they just don't strike me as... A musician's musician, you no. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, so not from the guitar standpoint. The bass from Flea, the oh, bassist. Flea oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Johnny Ramone is number sixteen on this list. <laughs> okay. Dude, Jerry Garcia is number thirteen. Oh, uh, you really? Uh, well, you're ready for twelve. Okay. I uh, like Kurt Cobain is twelve. Oh, I'm getting a fucking headache yeah. now. Uh, well, hey, it gets a little better. <laughs> Number 11, Kirk Hammett. Uh, okay, see, top 10. Oh, hang on. You ready for the top 10? Here we sure. go. Number 10, Keith Richards. Number <sighs> 9, oh, Number okay. nine, Jimmy Page. All right, yeah, Page, top 10. Number 8, Ry Cooter. Uh, I know you probably don't know who he is at all. He did the soundtrack to, um, uh, oh, 
heck, Crossroads with Ralph Macchio. He did oh, all okay. guitar work for that. That's okay, cool. All right, yeah. I, I can get behind that then. Number seven, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Number six, I'm okay with Chuck Berry. Oh, for sure. Do you want to talk about Pioneers? Exactly. Number five, Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson was the guitarist they were chasing. They were trying to find the lost song in the movie Crossroads. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I have to see that movie, obviously. You really need to see it. It's a, it's a good movie. Um, but like Robert Johnson, that that's kind of why, why Robert Johnson hit my radar was because of that. And you know more Robert Johnson songs than you realize oh, because so sure. many um, blues rock bands have covered his stuff. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. Number four, if you're going to complain about Joan Jett being on this list at number 87, um, you should seriously be writing a very strongly worded letter to Rolling Stone about number four. Eric Clapton. Mm. He's not that great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially, especially like these days. Like Eric Clapton suffers the same way that Rod Stewart, who was great with the faces. Yeah. Phil Collins, who was phenomenal with Genesis. But then when they went solo, it's like, what is this pop garbage? Yeah. I yeah. you can say that about a lot of Eric Clapton. But I've gone back and listened to Cream with, with a fresh ear, and I just, it's not bad, but I don't understand why everybody goes so gaga for Eric Clapton. And what really cemented my, you know, my just finally saying, no, I'm not going to jump on this bandwagon like everybody else, was when I saw Eric Clapton play at the Chuck Berry, on the, the Chuck Berry concert that Keith Richards put together. Um, cause, and that was for his 60th birthday, right? So Chuck's turning 60, Keith gets all these musicians together, Eric's one of them, and I'm watching him play, I'm like, you are so mediocre. You know, I mean, obviously you're competent, you're up there, you're performing, but it's just like, compared to all the other artists that were on and off that stage, he was just so mediocre. Like, I don't get, I really don't understand why so many people worship him. All right. Number three, B.B. King. All right, I'm down. Number two, Dwayne Allman. Okay. All right, ready for number one? It's got to be Jimmy. It is. It <laughs> is. <laughs> Don't tell me that Snowy's not a dope fly boy. Exactly. Well, I mean, because essentially you are Jimmy Hendrix, so of course <laughs> yes. you're going to do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Yes, yes. But, um, yeah, so that was the list, and... Honestly, like the list that I wrote was from 2015. That was way better, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but they should have had Joan on that one. So, <sighs> Ted Nugent <laughs> is arguably a phenomenal guitar player, right? Well, he, I wouldn't say arguably. He is. I He's... mean, he, he really is. Like, like, yes. like it, but I mean, we, there, there's enough... I'm. If anybody says, like, no, he's not rock and roll or blah, 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 I'd be like, you know, I wouldn't even say Cat Scratch Fever or any of the radio hits. I'd be like, Great White Buffalo. Listen to the live version. Listen to that guy play it. That is somebody who heard Chuck Berry and said, I'm going to make this mine. You know? 
and it's it's rock and roll. It's everything rock and roll should be. Um, but dude, when you're gonna start slamming Joan Jet, yeah, like you are not in touch. You know, like like you're 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 just you're you're really you're losing you're losing everything. You know, just like whatever, dude. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's kind of wrap this discussion up with someday, someday in in radioactive metals Hall of Fame onslaught is definitely going in there let's uh let's drop a track from their latest record generation antichrist and you know what i want to throw this song out to the nuge okay this is this is onslaught with bow down to the clown
Once again, my friend, congratulations on 700 episodes of this fine show. And I want to take a minute and thank you for everything that you've you've done and contributed over the years. Without you, there definitely would not be a radioactive metal. So I'm definitely psyched. I'm so excited about, um, well, having Exciter on the show. <laughs> I, I use that pun so many times during the Manitoba Metal Fest, and it wasn't even intentional. Hey, Snowy, how's it going, man? Well, it's a Metal Fest. I'm so excited. Oh, it's and you just yeah, can't I, hide it. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, sorry, bad pun with Exciter in town. In fact, you're <laughs> it, about to lose it, your mind, and I think you like it. I like it very much. Yes, yes, yes. So, once again, congratulations, and thank you everyone all of our amazing listeners all over the world that if you've listened to every, all 700 episodes i want to buy you a beer someday thank you so much if you're tuning in just this episode just now because you're a huge exciter fan thank you so much i want to quickly give a shout out to all of our uh former co-hosts and hostesses as well they've you know they did their their share and you know their 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 contributions to the show i was actually speaking earlier today i was going back and forth dude with uh former co-hostess kareen on facebook saying we're yeah yeah we're doing episode 700 you're uh, like every time a co-host or hostess leaves i always say your seat is warm. It's open. You're always welcome at any time. She said, you know what, Snow, I'd really like to, but I'm going to the Megacon tonight. <laughs> Which is a big Comic-Con geek fest. In, oh, yeah, in Florida. In Florida. So it's like, okay, you go do that. Because, trust me, I would be doing that. <laughs> She's such a wonderful nerd. Of course, of course, and of course, all of our all of our former co-hosts, thank you, and hostesses, thank you so much. You're always in our thoughts and in our hearts. Um, how can people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, they can just sit quietly, meditate, and open their mind and soul, and we will flood their airwaves. Or they could go to iTunes, download the podcast there. <laughs> oh, I mean, look at how much of the alcohol content is on this beer, because I think it's kind of high. There we go. I it's a it's bourbon a barrel misleading. stout. It's been a night. But um, yeah, so go to um, iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to anywhere you can find po- podcasts. I triple dog dare you to not find us on any sort of podcast aggregator. We're there. there. Everyone. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. We are... um, Well, we're just everywhere, right? Um, Go to at RadMetal666 on Instagram, and that's where we're going to put pictures up. Like, I'm going to see if I can get some good pictures of the Twisted Sister album I was talking about and put that up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys can see the etching because I'm I'm really thrilled about this record, man. Like I'm really Me too. thrilled. Me too. Great and stuff. if we have any listeners out there who do happen to be vinyl experts and could um, point me in the direction of how do I figure this crap out, uh, please drop us a line. And you can drop us a line, uh, radmetal666 at gmail.com and let us know what's going on there. Uh, right. Facebook.com slash radmetal. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and typically I know when I post to Instagram, um, and I think it's the same thing happens when you post, but like when I post, I try to also put it on Facebook. That way, you know, the pretty pictures are everywhere. But definitely like the Instagram is where I like to um, do more of the things, which I know they're owned by the same company, but Facebook just, it just wore me out. It's not your thing. It's not. It's not. I like pictures. Um, I've been listening to people talk about TikTok, and I think about it, but then I have a buddy who's my age that'll send me TikToks. I'm like, oh, I think I lost brain cells just opening this. Um, <laughs> so, so yes. yeah, you know, and, and no diss in anybody who enjoys it because, I mean, you know, people used to huff gasoline too, and I didn't give them shit. So, <laughs> oh, dude, I got to remember that. <laughs> You know, like, I, I'm so using that. Like, like seriously, like, like you know, like I mean, think about the things we've seen that people have used to pass the time that we didn't <sighs> give them shit about. So it's like, uh-huh. I really can't give you shit about anything you do on social media because you know, in our generation, they huff gasoline. So it's yeah, there's, it's there's, the same thing. It's just legal, you know. <clears throat> Some people really do like Sean Anna. What can I say? Oh, I love Sean Anna. Dude, see that's what we should we should have been planning to do the do 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 do. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Do 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 do. I'm even I'm even doing the flex in the arm motion, dude. Like, oh no doubt, no doubt. All of our older, more experienced listeners are like, fuck yeah, I can get behind that. Their yeah. kids listening with their parents are like, who the fuck? Who are these guys talking about, Dad? Yeah. Like, One word for them: the Google. Google there. Yes, Google Shanana, I can find it. And um, another thing for those kids, is, and this is honestly a topic for, of discussion, um, I would like you and I to um, fact check Google someday. Oh, okay. Um, and, and we're going to fact check them with our own personal collections and memory because there is a very particular guitar magazine that I had seen. I had seen it in the 90s. And when I tried to Google it, it didn't exist. And everybody, when I'm like, hey, does anybody remember this? Be like, oh, Google says this one. I'm like, no, Google's wrong. They're like, no, no, but that's what's coming up. I'm like, no, I, I know what comes up in Google, but I'm telling you. Finally, I found like the one other dude is like, no, I have that one. Let me let me send you a, a copy of, of the scans, you know, that sort of thing. And like, I knew it existed, but Google does not know everything. Remember, Google is a search engine. It's aggregating based on things that are popular. Mm-hmm. So it it's not just looking for everything, right? So, you know, that's something. Um, I feel like I hit... Oh, oh no, I, I can't believe I missed this one. We are proud members of the Shiny Wizards Network. ShinyWizardsNetwork.com. They are a phenomenal uh, podcast, phenomenal, like, just host of... Other podcasts, A Wrestling Night in Canada is up on that server, and all of us 
can be found if you look up Shiny Wizards Network on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you can find us there on Spotify, which, you know, don't tell Spotify, but they rejected us before. But we just got <laughs> slid in. So shh, don't tell them. Don't That's tell it. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, the only reason we're on Spotify is because Neil Young said, um, you know, if... Um, if, if you guys play radioactive metal, um, I'll put my music back on there. And, that's right. That's you know. right. So the second way, that's why you're able to enjoy the cool, smooth sounds of Neil Young. Yeah. Because because we're on it. Exactly. That's. I we, mean, we're being smart asses, but, you know, I, me and Neil are good Winnipeg boys. So maybe we're not just being a smart ass. I don't know. I don't know. It is entirely plausible that it's Neil Young is your godfather. It's, it's you know? totally within the realm of possibility. 100% in the realm of possibility that Neil Young used to babysit Snowy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, maybe, we, we've maybe. got to keep this story going. This is as good as... um. What, <laughs> what, was the, what was the other bullshit we were just making up? Oh, yeah, you and Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the, reincarnation. the reincarnation of Jimi Hendrix yeah. because my conception and his death were days apart. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm I'm sticking to that. That's totally true, man. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. This actually, this conversation is going get this going through your head, my friend. We have to compile our own list of maybe just ten greatest guitarists. Do you know how hard in, that is in for me? response to this? I, well, I know that's why I don't mind. I don't mind challenging. And and you know what's awful is Hendrix probably isn't going to make my list. Ah. Uh. I know, I know, but that's just because you know a whole hell of a lot more about musicianship and all that than I do. But here's the thing: he probably should be, because I mean, even as I said that out loud, I'm like, no, he really needs. But I, I think part of it is just the fact that he's so he's he, he's number one on every list, you know. Yeah. And and I'm not denying him that. But the thing is, Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley. They need to be way higher, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. Honestly, George Thorogood never makes these lists. He should be on it. Mm. Brian Setzer. Oh no, dude. Trust okay, me. Okay, Setzer. I'll give you. It's Brian Setzer, mostly famous for the Stray Cats. Yeah. I will definitely give you. See, this, <laughs> we're going down this rabbit hole I know. again. And we're on I know. our way out. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> seriously like, oh. like we really do need need to. Uh, figure out when we want to do this one and it's going to yes. take me take me a minute um because yes. i've tried to do this before where i've tried to write down and i stop at like seven because then i start arguing with myself <laughs> you know hey you you can argue with yourself it's the fist fights well that you, you have that, to be careful that's about. why i have yeah. to stop because that's it always it. leads to a fist fight with myself it, it i've kicked does. my own ass so many times it's terrible <laughs> but um like I, I typically end up stopping by number seven, but Kirk Hammett and Chuck Berry are almost always on the list. And mm-hmm. if Kirk Hammett's on the list, Hetfield's normally right there with him. Okay, I'm really curious because I think that our lists, uh, there's going to be some in common, and I think we might surprise each other. So get, you know, get that going through your yeah. little head and... And sometime down the line, very soon, we'll get that going. Let's uh, pull this crazy train 
into the station now. Let's go out. Um, Immortal Bird are just finishing up their latest tour right now. So how about we go out with some live stuff from them, from their Live at Migration 2018 EP. This is Immortal Bird with... uh, neoplastic in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a we're so excited and we just can't hide it just can't hide it episode of radioactive metal episode 700 and i'm snowy white and this is aaron but i've got to ask a mortal bird is that just another way of saying a phoenix hmm Good question. Good question. When we have them on the show, because I really dig this band, that's something you know that I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna throw out there. Yeah, we need to ask because it took me forever to put together that Cannibal Corpse was just another way of saying zombie. <laughs> I, like yeah. that took me uh-huh. way too long. There was way, way too, too many brain yeah, spells, yeah. brain cells spent on that one. <laughs> yeah, so, in the meantime and in between time, that's it. I'm Snowy White, and this is Aaron signing off. <laughs>